What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and I have some exciting news, guys. Football is one day away. And so for this episode, we're going to give you a huge preview of everything covering the NFL, and I'm joined here with my good friend, Hayden Sherrill. Hayden, how's it going? John, I'm not going to lie. I thought the exciting news was that I was on the pod today, but I am more excited about the start of the NFL season than being on the pod, so that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's it's both. both I, is I a was good a little thing. upset, but no, I'm okay. Both, both, both are, are exciting, is exciting news. Anytime we can get you on the podcast and the fact that we finally have some real content to cover besides hypotheticals and signings. It was My a long summer. Content. It was a long Ooh. summer. Uh, but we're, we're here. We're here. And before we get into um, our NFL preview and our predictions, first off, I want to say shout out to Keith Hornsby, our shout man Keith. Keith. He signed in Poland, and he's going to be playing over in Europe for the next year. Uh, I was DMing him. Hopefully, we'll be able to set up a time to interview him once he gets settled there and talk about life in Poland and Polish basketball, which should actually oh, be really fun. I'm excited to, to hear about him and excited for that set that he's taking in his life. But let's talk a little bit of, of fantasy football here. So yes. we've, got, we've got our teams lined out here, um, and we're just going to take a little bit to talk about who we've got and you know who we're starting, who we're sitting for this week one matchup. Okay, so first off, uh, in one of my leagues, I've got a couple guys that I'm considering moving. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not set on, on who I've got. So, well, first off, I have Melvin Gordon. And it sounds like Melvin Gordon. Oh man! It sounds like Melvin Gordon isn't going to play. Uh, I just got an alert on my phone that the Eagles are interested in him. Uh, well, first off, where do you think Melvin Gordon is going to go? I think that's the the real question. Is he going to resign or is he going to get traded? Uh, I don't think the Chargers are willing to fork out the money for him. And so, if I'm the Chargers at this point, it's worth getting some money, or I mean, some some value back for him, but they're not going to be able to get much out of him because a, he wants a big contract. So he's, you know, that's going to decrease his value and B everybody knows that they want to ship him. So they're not going to fork out more than they have to. So I think he's going to end up getting traded for, I mean, the Philly offer was what, what was it? Uh, Jordan, Jordan Howard yeah. and a mid round pick. Mm-hmm. They didn't say which, but um, you know, fourth or fifth, whatever. So, I mean, yeah, that's not crazy value. And we look at, we look at like, the value Jadavian Clowney just got. When players don't want to re-sign with their team, they do not get fair market value often. So, yeah, and and where do, I, where do I think he's going to go? I, it's a shot in the dark at this point. Um, I could see. Oh, man, it's like who's going to who's willing to pay? Like I could see Tampa Bay needing him. Yep. But mm-hmm. what are they going to give up? You know. Yeah. I yeah that's true and here's the thing also that people don't necessarily realize is that not only are you trying to trade uh, for him but you're also you know you want to get a contract done you want to say look if we trade for you this is what we'll sign you for and you know they have to be okay with that because there's no point in signing him if he's not going to uh, you know sign a long term deal with them which is the mistake that the Texans made uh, trading for Laramie Tunzel and the. A, a mistake that the Seahawks may make by not signing Jadavion Clowney. I mean, it could just be a one-year rental and then he's out of there. Uh, but I don't know. Melvin Gordon, I actually, I really like the Bucks. I think Bruce Arians is a talented offensive coach, and if they get Melvin Gordon, that offense is going to be top five in the league. I don't know if that's a hot take, but... Wow, that's a hot take. With the combo of Jameis Winston... But uh, what are they going to have to give up for him, though? That's the question. They're going to have to give up some assets. Look, their their defense is is okay at best, 
but the Chiefs proved that a good enough offense can overcome uh, a terrible <laughs> defense. So if they can just get enough offensive points on that side, they won't have to worry about defense as much. So if they can give up, look, if you can give up like a second and a fifth for them, which I feel like the Chargers may do, you know, they'll, they'll eventually work their way down. That's mm-hmm. not a bad value for them. And then all of a sudden you've got Jameis Winston, Melvin Gordon, OJ Howard, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. That's a good offense. I like that offense, mainly because I have Chris Godwin and Melvin Gordon. <laughs> and you love Jameis Winston. Oh, definitely. I love Jameis And you Winston. have Jameis Winston. I think so. I'm, I might. No, you do. You, you, you auto-drafted him. Oh, that's right. I did auto-draft him. So I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really hoping for him now. But anyways, let's get back to this. So Melvin Gordon. If Melvin Gordon isn't playing, which is what it sounds like is going to happen, I've got Deion Lewis, Kalen Balaj, Justin Jackson, and Ido Smith on my bench for running back. So who, who do I start? And you have to go with one of those. Yeah, I didn't have the best, uh, oh. the best luck drafting running backs. They were going fast, so I was lucky to get <laughs> Melvin Gordon when I did, and I snagged up James Conner. But kind of weak at oh, running back. Man. But yeah, out of those four, who who do you think is the best to start? Okay, right off the bat, I rule out Edo Smith. I don't think he's going to get a big enough load. Um, Unless Devontae Freeman the gets two that right. I'm bet- the two that I'm deciding between right now. I see. I don't love Balage in general. Mm. I have him in a league and. I want to wait and see what he can do because he's kind of a big boy. Yeah. Um, I I think I would go with Deion Lewis because I think he'll have a pretty decent share of the load. But Justin Jackson could end up. Justin Jackson is more of a wild card that could turn out, you know, with like a solid 10 plus carries. Mm-hmm. But to, if you if you want to go safer, I'd probably go with Deion Lewis for the safe bet. Justin Jackson for the home run. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing about Kalen Balaj is that I don't really like him either. But the uh, the Dolphins coach really likes him. Which is weird. That, that's all. That's all that matters. You know, it doesn't matter what that we is... think of him as long as he's getting the reps needed. Then you yeah. know, it's a wor- it's I mean, a worthwhile pick. He didn't look great at all ever. Mm, yeah. Kenny so that... Drake is listed as the starter on the depth depth chart, though. So. Oh yeah, that's true. But uh, I think he was saying that the Dolphins coach was saying that he would get uh, they'd be at least fifty fifty, if not more. So that's that's an in- interesting piece to look out for. All right, what, he's got what, value. Like I have him as well, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. What What do you got? Okay. Well, I have a very different problem. I have too many running backs. Oh, I see. I so see. who do I Who do I flex? This is a flex. Who do I flex? Okay. Derrick Henry or Damian Williams? Uh Derrick Henry. Damian Williams. I think Derrick Henry as well. Yeah. But... I th- I think with the mix of of um, Chris Thompson. No, not Chris Thompson. What's his name? The Darwin Thompson. Darwin Thompson. Yeah, sorry, Chris Thompson's the Redskins running back. Um, between Darwin Thompson and LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams' production is going to go really down because Andy Reid really likes uh, Darwin Thompson, and he also really likes LaShawn McCoy. So I feel like Damian Williams is going to take a backseat to uh, you know. That's what I'm afraid of. He's not going to be a pass catcher or the main the main runner, which is a little bit concerning. Um, okay, here we go. Now, now I'm trying to figure out who I should flex. So I've got Chris Godwin in the flex right now. But I like it. on my bench, I have Darius Geis, Jamison Crowder, and Tyrell Williams. Those are Oh, you made the right one. call. You think Chris Godwin? I don't trust any of those names. No. Geis, Geis might be your flex next week, but I wouldn't flex him this week still. AP's, AP's going to take a decent amount of carries. Yeah. Well, I know Geis wants to – like they want Geis to take over the load eventually. But he for, will, yeah. Yeah, but for right now, I feel like – I feel like Chris Godwin is a safe choice here just because, yeah, I don't really know if he's going to be taking that load right now. Godwin, I bet Godwin catches the home run this week. I mean, <laughs> I, I, was yes. gonna, I was gonna say, 
I was gonna say, <laughs> wow, I sound like a real analyst. No, I was gonna say I think home, Godwin's kind of a home run pick this week because I I think he catches a touchdown and goes for like ninety. Okay, there we go. You're just mixing. You, your brain was moving faster than your my brain mouth was moving talk. so fast. It's crazy. <laughs> all I that think he catches all that analysis. Yeah, no, there we I go. I think he catches a touchdown. And I think he's a little bit of a home run pick this week. But I mean, I like flexing home run picks. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, I, you know, I I feel like if I have some like real solid starters. I can afford it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. That is and then true. I've got, we talked about this one a second ago off the pod. Josh Jacobs or carry on Johnson. Which one do I, which one do I flex? Josh Jacobs. I don't, I don't, I don't trust anyone out of Detroit's offense. Cause I think it's going to be one of the worst in the league. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I can't see anyone. But carry on's the-, the shining star in the offense. Yeah. But like, you know what? And Kenny Galladay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I, that doesn't mean much. You know, it's, it's, Cool, good for him, but I don't really, I don't really see that being any value to anyone, you know, in in fantasy. But okay, we're moving on. I've got I've got another flex position up for grabs. Um, so I've got D.D. Westbrook currently in the wide receiver slot, um, but on my bench I've got Matt Breida, Calvin Ridley, Michael Gallup, Jamison Crowder. Who who am I going with? I like Ridley this week. Okay. Who they play? Uh, who, uh, who's... Westbrook plays Kansas City, and Ridley plays Minnesota. Oh. But Ridley against Minnesota, I mean, Julio's going to draw quite a bit of coverage. I... Oh, but That's but here's tough. the other thing. But here's the other thing. Matt Breida is playing Tampa Bay, and their defense. Oh. Breida's the safest bet there. Yeah, that's true. But I really, I like, I can't stress enough how much I love the connection between Didi and Nick Foles. And I went through yeah, my. No, I really like Judy Westbrook. And I went through my John DiFilippo offensive coordinator conspiracy theory um, already. I don't know if I, I've said it on the podcast, but I'm just going to break it down right now. Okay, so in 2014, John DiFilippo was the offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns, and during that time, they had quarterbacks such as Johnny Manziel, Austin Davis, um, you know, the likes of those, and they threw the ball 600 times with those quarterbacks. Uh, there were only six teams in the NFL to throw the ball 600 times or more this past year. Uh, and one of those was the Minnesota Vikings, which was also John, John Filippo's offense, right? And so he got fired from Minnesota because he was throwing the ball t- too much and they wanted to focus more on the run. So now that he's in Jacksonville, when Leonard Fournette shows signs of not being valuable, I feel like they're just going to let Nick Foles cork it back. And his number one target is D.D. Westbrook. So, sorry, that's that's a long, drawn-out thing, but I thought that was very interesting and something to note, especially if you've got D.D. Westbrook in your fantasy leagues. I got a draft today, and I'm targeting D.D. Westbrook. <laughs> okay, all right. So, you, do, you have, do you have one more, or is that all for, for your no, fantasy No, that's teams? all I got. Oh, I, I, yeah, no, that's all I've got. Okay, all right. So that, I'm trying be... to make some trades, but if I, if I had a trade pending, then I would ask you about it, but... Oh. I mean, I traded for Zeke this week. That's a big update. Oh, true. Here's, here's my... Uh, Let's see, where is it? Here's my <laughs> that one's trash. My my trade that I just got offered, which is just ridiculous. So it's Jared Goff and Tyler Boyd for, and that's who I'd be getting, and I'd be sending Tyler Lockett and Chris Godwin. Which yeah, is, we can move right along. We don't even need to touch on that. Yeah, there's, <laughs> we don't have to explain why that's a bad trade. Anyways, <laughs> so yeah, if you guys have fantasy questions or anything like that, feel free to you know DM us, uh, send it to us on Twitter. Anything you got, we'd love to talk fantasy, and we're going to be doing a lot of it this this football season. But let's jump into our NFL predictions. So they're up on the website right now if you want to see the full 
layout of our predictions, including a game by game breakdown. Yeah, we really, it took us a while. Oh uh, my goodness. It took us a few hours to get all of these down, but I made it color coded. So it looks, it looks really, it looks really good. It's visually pleasing, I would say. Um, but let's go ahead and break them down um, division by division, and we'll start in the NFC North. Okay, so in the NFC North, uh, you've got the Chicago Bears going 11-5 and and winning the division. Then you've got the Green Bay Packers going 8-8, eight eight, Minnesota Vikings going 8-8, eight and, eight, and then Detroit Lions going 3-13. and 13. So <sighs> for me, I've got the Bears going 12-4, and four, winning the division. The Vikings going 10-6, and six, taking a wild card spot. Packers going 9-7, and seven, and the Detroit Lions also going... Three and thirteen. So let's go ahead and get right into this Chicago Bears team. So last year, obviously, missed the playoffs off the leg of their kicker, or didn't miss the playoffs, but lost their the wild card round. Um, and Eddie Pinheiro may be the answer, maybe not. We don't know for sure. Um, but what? Do you, how are you feeling about this Bears team going into the twenty nineteen season? Well, about before we move along, Eddie Pinheiro like. There's no way to know how good a kicker is going to be until you make them kick a game-winning field goal. That's true. That's a good like, point. Like you just don't. You just have. There's. I mean, they could be a gorgeous kicker in practice squad, but the moment they get onto an NFL field, it's the kicking's all mental. It's like golf. Yeah. Um, you yeah. have you have on the notes here. Is the ceiling a Super Bowl for this Bears team? I think absolutely. I mean, you have them going all the way in your predictions. I do. I yes. think they've got. The only thing that holds me back from from giving giving the Bears a Super Bowl in in predictions and such is I like Mitch Trubisky, but I don't know if Mitch Trubisky's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and that offense isn't that loaded to help him. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a great offense. I like David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen in the backfield. Um, I think there's decent weapons uh, catching the ball for him with you know the likes of Trey Burton, Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. but and they have a decent line, but. You know, is that is that a, an offense that can compete in a shootout against the Chiefs or Chargers? Like, it's not. But the defense, you know, if the defense can hold up against those kinds of teams, we can get low-scoring games that this offense can produce enough in. But the moment that defense starts to get picked apart, things are going to fall apart because they cannot win a shootout in yeah, Chicago. That, that's true. But here's the thing. I was I was out to lunch yesterday, and NFL Network was showing a, a throwback game of the 1985 Bears playing the Packers. And Jim McMahon was the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. And I have a feeling that not a lot of people said that Jim McMahon was the Super Bowl winning quarterback, right? But they eventually did it. And I mean, I, I know what you're saying about Mitch Trubisky. I think he's made a lot of steps, but there's a lot that he still has left to prove to be, you know, one of the premier starters in the league. But I really like that David Montgomery pick. I think he's going to do fantastic, especially paired up with Tariq Cohen. They can develop a strong running game, which was 11th in the league, uh, in rush yards per game. And I mean, I really like their defense. I, I feel like, because looking at the stats here, they they posted the lowest defense points per game and the third lowest yards per game. And like you said, can they can they withhold, you know, can they survive in a shootout against the Chiefs? Well, maybe not. Maybe they can't, but maybe it won't get to that point. You know, the Bears, w- w- their, their defense hasn't had the time, I guess, to be tested yet to determine, you know, against these, these premier offenses, but they're going to face a lot of guys this year that will that will test you know what their defense is really worth. Because looking at their their uh, schedule right here, they're going to play the Rams, the Chargers, and the Chiefs all in the regular season. So I feel like you know once we get through those three games, those are going to really give us a, a test or a, a true tale of of how well they're going to do this year. So. We've both got the Bears winning the division and making the playoffs, going pretty deep in the playoffs in both of our predictions. Um, but you got the Vikings making the playoffs as a wild card team. 
And the two biggest storylines for this team are, A, like how much can you trust Kirk Cousins? Mm-hmm. I, I assume that you have some faith in him having to win 10, 10 games for the Vikings this season. And also, can Dalvin Cook stay healthy? Which, And the other question with Dalvin Cook is, if Dalvin Cook does stay healthy, what's his fantasy relevance? Like, Is he a top five running back in fantasy? I mean, I don't really put him at the the top tier of running backs. I would say he's right in the middle, maybe above, like right at the top of that second tier. You know, I, I don't know how much I trust him just because of injury issues. Um, but once he's on the field, there's no question, you know, the value that he makes when he's completely healthy, right? And in the third round, the uh, Vikings selected Alexander Madison, a running back, uh, to, to, you know, to help provide a, a security blanket for Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. But I just really like what the Vikings can do. You know, offensively, they've got two great weapons in Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, and their defense is really strong too. Um, but obviously, if it's going to come down to, you know, they're down four with two minutes left, I don't have a lot of faith in Kirk Cousins winning the game. Uh, but if they can get out in front early, establish the run game, establish the the off the passing offense, I feel like they could win a lot of games, and, you know, that's why I have them making the playoffs. So a totally different storyline then. When we when we look at the pack, this Packers team is, can Aaron Rodgers make up for? Every, I mean, this is the question we ask every year. Can Aaron Rodgers make up for the lack of depth and just general team structure around him, especially in this you know pretty deep NFC North that has you know three teams that are playoff quality teams, and can he do it under new coaching? Yeah, that's the thing. Is the new coach we don't know how they're going to interact and and what they're going to do. Uh, you know, as as a unit, but this is a top ten passing offense. Obviously, that the connection uh, Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams is one of the the best in the league, uh, and they've got a they've got an okay defense, right? It's not gonna it's not gonna win them a ton of games, but they're gonna they're gonna hold it down. Um, I, I really like what they did, focusing on defense and the offensive line. The first few picks in the draft, obviously getting Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage. Uh, who are both going to be starters in that defense. And then Elton Jenkins, who's, you know, one of the top backups for the offensive line. Um, I don't think they've done enough though. And I think Aaron Rodgers may eventually start to show his age because he's past the point of being able to carry the team, you know, putting the team on his back and, and doing that sort of thing. But what, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts on the the Packers? I, I think, I mean, I was, I was listening to, I don't even know what I was listening to the other day. And they were talking about how they think that, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur might be the best QB coach combo in mm. the in the NFC North and in the oh. NFC <laughs> and and in the league no um and, you know but you know on the NFC side um of the NFL and I guess we're going to have to see I think I think it's not that hard to work with Aaron Rodgers um mm. from a from a talent standpoint I, he can you know he can make any play you ask him to make and then plays that you didn't ask him to make but um, I think you're right. I, I, I do think that he might start to show his age, but there's also, you know, there's also a reality out there where Aaron Rodgers has an excellent season and maybe shows us that we crowned Patrick Mahomes as the best quarterback in the league a little too early, that Aaron Rodgers was ready to go and that, you know, he just had a bit of an off year and he could come out and dominate still. He's, I think he's still got that left in the tank as well. So that's going to be kind of the two storylines that, that could turn out this year is he'll either be mediocre and shows a like not mediocre but mediocre in terms of elite talent mm-hmm. or or really excel and and lead this Packers team to a playoff berth yeah that's true and that's the thing is you never know what you're gonna get like I could be completely wrong and Aaron Rodgers could be in a position where he's you know able to carry the team and lead them to the playoffs 
Uh, but the final team in the NFC North, the one that we both oh. have going three and thirteen, is the Detroit Lions. And in the show outline, I, I kind of wrote like little storylines that we could talk about for each team. For these guys, I just wrote, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's just it's. Are I, they the worst team in the league? I Maybe. don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. And that's the thing is that uh, they didn't really do a lot, right? They didn't do a lot to build up their team. Looking at here, they just took guys from the Patriots is basically what they did. In the offseason, they they uh, signed Trey Flowers, Danny Amendola, Jesse James from the Steelers, and then C.J. Anderson from the Rams. But I don't think their you know their team wasn't good enough. It doesn't matter who they you know they they didn't gain enough guys to put them in contention. Uh, we were talking a bit earlier. NFL Nation posted a thing of um, strong predictions for every team this year, and the Detroit Lions prediction or surprising predictions was their prediction was that they'd go ten and six and make the playoffs. Which we that both is thought a was, hot take. yeah, we both thought was was very surprising, but maybe not in the best way, uh, you know, maybe not in a good way. But I don't know. Do you th- how bad how or how good maybe let's let's keep it positive. How good can the Lions be this year? How good can the Lions be? Well, they're over under for for games one sitting at about six and a half, and I think the best the Lions can do this year is win seven games, and I would be blown away if that happened. Mm-hmm. But you know, last year. They're, they're passing and rushing offense. Their overall offense ranked bottom third of the league. Um, they were 25th in points to go, points per game, and they haven't really done much. I mean, what's Danny Amendola and C.J. Anderson really going to do for you, you know? <laughs> yeah, not a lot. <laughs> I mean, not a lot. Their, their offense, I mean, Matt Stafford's not, you know, just a throwaway quarterback, but he's he's really just throwing to Kenny Galladay, and that's about it. And then... Handing the ball off to carry on Johnson, which which I I have him in fantasy, so I, I have high hopes for him. I have T.J. No. Hawkinson was a great draft pick that's going to be you know kind of a safety blanket in this offense, but he's not enough to win games. Well, so but and here's the thing: you draft him in the first round, but he's projected on the depth chart as tight end number two, right? So if you're going to go a top ten pick on a tight end, I mean, remember the last time the Lions did it, drafting Eric Ebron, that turned out to be a big mistake. I mean, the Colts were were the beneficiaries of it, but. <laughs> I don't TJ Hawkinson you know if you're not even going to be the number one tight end on the team which I don't even know who the starting tight end is uh I don't I don't know I, I feel like I like the pick but if he's not everything you know if he's not a game breaker at tight end you shouldn't be drafting him in the top 10 they have enough issues all around the board that they can't be they can't be wasting time on on tight ends that's in the first why round. that's why bad teams stay bad John that's true that's true <laughs> Uh, okay, so I've got all four of the win predictions uh, according to Vegas for the NFC North, and I want you to tell me if you're taking the over or the under. So first all off, right. we've got Green Bay nine and a half. Under. Detroit. No, I, I'm not that high on them. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a pretty high number for the Packers, especially considering their schedule. Uh, Detroit six and a half. Under. <laughs> easy, easy under, that's, definitely. That's a pretty easy one. I really quite like that one. Yeah. Uh, okay, Chicago Bears, nine and a half. Over. I think that's a pretty easy over as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then Minnesota, nine. <sighs> that's a really good one. I I want to say under, mm-hmm. but that's nine is perfect. Yeah, that's no. I, honestly... <sighs> I no, would I'd take over. I would take nine right on the nose. I, I don't see... I mean, I know I have them winning ten games, but... Taking the over seems like a risk, you know. There's seems no like, way it's eleven. I don't think they win eleven. Yeah, games. yeah, it would have to be ten, and I think it's much more likely that they have a terrible season than they end up having a good one. You know? I think so as well. All right, so that is the NFC North. Uh, that's all we've got for that one. Let's move on to the NFC South. So in the NFC South, 
I've got the Saints going 11 and 5, winning the division. Uh, I have the Falcons going 9 and 7, missing the playoffs. The Panthers going 8 and 8, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going 7 and 9. Hayden, what do you got? I have the Saints. Here's the thing: I don't think the Saints are going to win 13 games. But when we went through game by game, I wasn't deciding how many games they were going to win and then picking which ones they were. Mm-hmm. I was going, you know, I was picking game by game. So I have the Saints winning 13 games because they have a really nice schedule. Okay. Um, I think they had a pretty decent home schedule if I remember properly. And then I got the Falcons going 11 and five as well. So, and I don't think the Falcons are an 11 game win, 11 win team either. But it's like when you go through game by game, you kind of have to have tunnel vision for each and every game in a sense. Um, so that was tough. And then I have the, I also have the Panthers with a winning record at nine and seven. And the Buccaneers at five and eleven. I'm not quite as high on the Buccaneers as you. So yeah, I'm I'm a big Buccaneers fan. I think it looks like I'm pretty optimistic on this NFC South. I think it's a real deep division, and it's like a lot of teams that that have the weapons and have what it takes to perform well. But it's like just will they get it together for all, pretty much every single one of these teams except for the Saints? I think the Saints have it together. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and start at the top. So we've got the New Orleans Saints. Uh, first question: Can they do it again? Right. Obviously, two very disappointing playoff exits this past year or the past two years. They've lost Mark Ingram. Uh, they re-signed Michael Thomas to a big contract. Alvin Kamara is going to be the lead back along with Latavius Murray. But Drew Brees is getting pretty old. Uh, do you? How much? How much money? You know, how much? How much faith do you have on the Saints actually making another deep playoff run? See, that's the thing. I think the Saints are shooing for the playoffs. Um, I, I, I think. I think they are going to limit Drew Brees this season. There's been a lot of talk of that, which is easy to do when you have Alvin Kamara in the backfield. Definitely. And a pretty competent defense. But in terms of playoffs, I think in the playoffs, you can let Drew Brees kind of unleash and do his thing. And I don't think he'll have any problem with, you know, kind of upping his, his load in the playoffs. I, I mean, we've seen it. We see it happen in basketball all the time. You know, guys, guys take a break. Don't, you know, don't necessarily give it everything towards the end of the regular season. Drew Brees can be a game breaker and turn it on when he needs to. And, you know, if he performs the way that I have the predictions here and, and the Saints going 13 and 3, that's going to be behind him. And so he could be an MVP this season. And, you know, if he if he's able to carry that into the playoffs and not let his age get to him, he could be a Super Bowl MVP. But at the same time, the Saints team could be one of those teams that performs really well in the regular season and then doesn't really go anywhere in the playoffs. So I can see it going either way. So next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons. And honestly, they had one of my favorite off-seasons just as far as addressing needs go uh, and you know, really building a, a solid team. So last year, Matt Ryan was sacked 42 times and hit 142 times. And so in the off-season, they spent two first-round picks on offensive linemen, a right guard, Chris Lindstrom, and a left tackle, Caleb McGarry. Uh, obviously, they get Devontae Freeman back. Um, they fired all three, all three coordinators. Uh, so it's a full, a whole new team, uh, especially on the coaching side. Uh, but they lost Tevin Coleman. So how good can the Atlanta Falcons offense be? Like, are they a top five offense in the league, having Devonta Freeman, having Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan? The crazy thing is, you look at them, last year they were the 27th ranked rushing offense. Mm-hmm. If you had asked me to guess the bottom seven rushing offenses in the league, there's no way the Falcons would have been on my list. Yeah, definitely. So it's... that kind of blows me away. But they were the fourth passing offense. And if you had asked me to name the four, top four passing offenses in the league, I would have put out the Falcons just outside of that. But I think they're well enough coached that their defense can pick it up, even though they didn't really invest in the defense in the draft. I, mm-hmm. think, that, I think that there is depth on the defensive side of the ball. 
And so I think the biggest thing that they're and they and didn't they fire? Let's see what coordinators did they fire. They fired their defensive coordinator, their offensive coordinator, and didn't they fire another one as well? Yeah, special teams. They took out all three. Yeah, they, they literally just hauled all their coordinators. So I think that 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 move. You know, sometimes those kinds of things don't work out. But I like that they shored out the offensive line to protect to protect Matt Ryan, even though he was already performing very well. He's getting up there in age. And I have this Falcons team making the playoffs. They're, they're over-unders at, like, eight and a half, which, you know, I I think that they could underperform, and I guess that's what Vegas thinks too. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if this off if this defense can just hold up and not be a bottom-five defense, Falcons are a playoff team. Yeah, and another thing, I mean, obviously I drafted Ido Smith in, in fantasy, who is Devonta Freeman's number one backup. Can he stay? Can Freeman stay healthy the whole season? Because that was one of the issues last year. Is he? That's one of the reasons their rush game was so bad. Is because yeah, he was, I know he was gone. Um, but I, I think if he stays healthy, uh, you know they're a playoff team. I think they can they can make a push on the Vikings, even though I had the Vikings making the playoffs over them. But I just don't know if I can believe in in Devontae Freeman to stay healthy, and also the defense too, because if you look at it, they're you know twenty fifth or or worse in yards and in in points per game which isn't going to win you a lot of games, unfortunately. That's the thing. This Falcons team does really compare to the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings obviously have a much better defense, but if you look at the way the teams are structured, there's a lot of similar storylines between the two. Yeah, actually, that's that's very true. There's a ton of similarities. Uh, all right, next up, we've got the Carolina Panthers. Um, and one of the things I'm most concerned about is Cam Newton's health, right? So he won't be playing week one. We don't know when he'll be coming in. Uh, they well, dra- I thought he was playing week one. Oh, is he playing week one? Let me go look. Because his ankle, his ankle was giving him problems, and he was unlikely or doubtful for week one. Yeah, it looks like he, it looks like he's good to go. Week oh, he one. will. Okay, so he will play week one, but he's still got that. I mean, it's, it's, he's been injured a lot in his career because, you know, as a, a mobile athletic quarterback, you take a lot of hits. Um, <laughs> he also broke the Guinness World Record for one-handed catches. Really? Yesterday, he did a he did a YouTube video with Mr. Beast, in which he tried. <laughs> In which he topped Odell Beckham as the king of one-handed catches in in a minute. I was gonna say <laughs> someone call OBJ because you know I, I assume that was his record for sure. I'm uh, sure he heard about it. Yeah, they're, they're, we're gonna we're gonna see something from OBJ very soon. Um, so looking at the stats here for the Panthers, 16th in the passing game, fourth in the rushing game, 14th in points per game, and then 19th in defense points per game and 15th in yards. Very disappointing year for them. Started off strong, uh, but couldn't keep momentum going. They have a really good offense. I really like DJ Moore, um, you know, and and Curtis Samuel as wide receiver targets. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is one of the top running backs in the league from a receiving and rushing standpoint. Um, I don't know. We both of us weren't that high on the Panthers this year. Uh, you had them going nine seven. I had them going eight and eight. Both missing out on the playoffs. Is there a way the Panthers get into the playoffs this year? And how so? I mean, there is there is a way the Panthers get into playoffs this the playoffs this year if you look at their schedule there's a lot of games that cam newton should be able to win if he can perform like mvp cam newton mm-hmm. the thing is he's not going to perform like mvp cam Newton. i'm pretty confident saying that yeah and and you know outside of that season it, it he's been kind of disappointing in big games and you look at what they've lost they lost their center in ryan khalil they lost Devin funches um and julius peppers matt khalil and what did they add like they drafted well i like brian burns as their i mean He'll be he'll be a starting uh, left outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. They added an offensive tackle in Greg Greg Little. QB depth in Will Greer was kind of a weird pick, because um, I mean he's listed as the QB three, yeah, but they, and they signed one. Gerald McCoy and Chris Hogan, which are not 
anything to write home about. So we look at the way the Panthers performed last season. Christian McCaffrey is an absolute beast. Everybody knows that. This offense is going to run through him. And if this Panthers team makes the playoffs, Christian McCaffrey is looking at a, a offensive player of the year season. But if they don't, you know, they're looking at eight wins and nothing to write home about either. So. Yeah. All right. So our last team in the NFC South, uh, one of my dark horses, one of my favorites, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let's go the by Tampa the numbers Bay here. Buccaneers. Uh, they had the best passing offense in terms of yards last year, throwing the ball or getting 320 yards a game, 12th in points per game. But their defense was 31st in points allowed and 27th in yards allowed. Uh, and they were 29th in rushing yards which is why they need Melvin Gordon. That's what I'm saying. That, that'll make them unstoppable. Because if you look at those numbers, you know, if they can bump up rushing, they'll be a similar team to the Chiefs in regards to offense and defense. Uh, but They were the number one passing offense. Well, that's the thing. With Jameis Winston, you're throwing the ball a lot here. And let me okay, say this. Insane. Here's the real reason I'm excited about, uh, about the Buccaneers is because of their coach, Bruce Arians. So I'm going to throw this out at you. So in 2015... Carson Palmer was the starting quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, and he was 36 years old. When he was 36 years old, he led the Cardinals to a 13-3 record. He also threw the most passing touchdowns he ever had in his career with 35 and the most passing yards he ever had in his career with 4,671. If Bruce That's a Arians, season. Yeah, it, it was. If Bruce Arians can get Carson Palmer to throw 4,600 yards when he's 36 years old, <laughs> imagine what he can do with Jameis Winston. And they've got tons of weapons with O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Uh, the running game is still very shaky, but when you add Melvin Gordon, that's not a problem. You're good. <laughs> yeah, and, and they really did shore up this defense in the offseason well. They lost Quan Alexander and Gerald McCoy, which were you know pretty key pieces on the defense. Yeah. But yeah. adding Devin White as now they're you know, he's he's a better inside linebacker than Quan Alexander. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shoring up shoring up their secondary pretty pretty deep they, i mean they added a safety that's going to be their their their, their their starting safety two corners in the second and third round this defense is not going to be the 31st no defensively mm-hmm. this year i don't think uh and then the question is yeah can bruce arians make this team produce like like we think he will i mean they lost to sean jackson adam humphreys catching the ball but i i'm really high on godwin as well so yeah. i'm not too worried about the passing offense here the, this, the the running backs are still. I mean, what do we got? Ronald Jones and oh, who's the other one? Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh man, I I know what you're saying, but yeah, no, they're they're definitely it's not anything special. Yeah, they're 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 struggling. Uh, Peyton Barber, Peyton Barber's the other guy. Peyton Barber, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to see what they can do. And look, I feel like you can really push the chips here. And I'm gonna go ahead and say it. If the Buccaneers. Go ahead and trade for. Uh, they trade for Melvin Gordon. I think they'll win nine or ten games. Oh boy! I, I think it. Uh, make you know what? You know, let's double down here. If the Buccaneers trade for Melvin Gordon, they'll make the playoffs at ten and six. All right. That's what I'm saying. But if they don't, a... if they don't, then they're you know they're going seven and nine like I haven't predicted. That's a safe hot take. I think so, because I don't think they're going to trade for Melvin Gordon, so I never have to be put to the test for it. So it's perfect. Uh, the perfect okay. hot take. Okay, so here we go. We've got the Vegas numbers on the NFC South. First up, we got the Saints at 10.5. Uh, over. I think that's safe to go over. Falcons at 8.5. Over. That's, a, that's one I really like. Yeah, I like that one too. Panthers at uh, 8 wins. 
that's perfect. I don't really know what to do with that. I I, uh, I, mm, I kind of want to go under, honestly. I really do. I have them at 9 and 7, but I still want to go under. <laughs> I have them at 8 and 8, and I, I, I feel like it's just better to take the under. Uh, and then finally, we've got the Bucks at 6.5. Oh, 6.5 is really good, too. Oh, well, it's it's also tough because, you know, if, they, if they're the offensive firepower that I'm believing them to be, that's an easy over. But if they're not... Like six and a half is a big chunk of games to win. Like you have to go. I have him seven and nine, and that's that's barely above the over. That's barely there. No, I got I got to show love to the Bucks. Still, I'm taking the over. I have to. I have to. <laughs> All right, let's get out of the NFC South. Okay, yeah, that's enough talking about them. Uh, NFC West here. Hayden, why don't you oh, go boy. ahead and tell us tell us who you got here? Oh well, I'm excited. I got my Super Bowl champs coming out of the NFC West. It's honestly the <laughs> NFC is so deep. It's true. Um, on the especially on the top top end, I got the Rams going thirteen and three, winning the division, taking taking the one seed, one seed, and you've got the Rams taking the one seed as well with one one last game one, 12 and four. Yeah, we both have the Niners at nine and seven. Um, Seattle, I've got them at seven and nine. You've got them doing a little better at eight and eight. And the Cardinals, I have winning an extra game, and you have them. I wonder if that's the game that's the difference. Do you have the Seahawks sweeping the Cardinals? No, I have them splitting. Oh, never mind then. And then you have them going 4-12. and so. All right, so let's shake it up this time. Let's start from the bottom here. Uh, All right. And let's talk, <laughs> Can't about, wait to talk about the Cardinals. Yeah, let's talk about how poor of an offseason the Cardinals had. Now, I just think it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Everyone has a ton of hype in Cliff Kingsbury um, and Kyler Murray and what they can do with the offense, but – let this be just a little reminder at the beginning that Cliff Kingsbury was fired from a college coaching job for having a poor defense, right? So let's get that out of the way. That this The season before he became the Cardinals head coach, he was fired from Texas Tech, okay? He inherited a team that uh, was second most, allowed the second most pressures last year, fourth most hits, and second in sacks to the quarterback. Uh, and... You think, okay, this is an easy thing. We'll go ahead and and shore up the offensive line and get better, right? Wrong. They go quarterback, corner, wide receiver, defensive end, wide receiver, wide receiver, yeah, safety, wide receiver. <laughs> you have to go all the way down to the sixth round and the seventh round where they took a guard and a tackle um, to for their offensive line. And oh, you think, okay, that's fine. They'll they'll do it in free agency. No, wrong again. They signed J.R. Sweezy. Sweezy. Uh, who is not a premier offensive lineman by any stretch of the word. Um, he was bad on the Seahawks line, so. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. I understand focusing, you know, you think, oh, because let, let me run some stats by you. Arizona Cardinals passing yards, 32nd in the league. Arizona uh-huh. Cardinals rushing yards, 32nd in the league. Arizona Cardinals points per game, 32nd in the league. You guessed it. That's right. Uh, but I don't think the problem was that quarterback. I think Josh Rosen is a, is a solid was a solid option there. David Johnson was coming off an injury. He was struggling. Um, I don't think you needed to draft three wide receivers. I don't think that was the problem either. Uh, I don't know. I, I the, the problem was the offensive line, and they didn't touch it. Yeah, so. that's, that's the can, whole— can, I mean, Byron Murphy's a great pick. Zach Allen's a great pick. Kyler Murray, good pick. Andy Isabella is a good pick. They're all good picks. Like they all sound good independently, but the you can't always take the best player available when your team's this. Like, yeah, you need lacking. to start. Yeah, you need to start with need. Like there weren't. And, and I think you always start with the offensive line and then the defensive line. Oh like, yeah, I mean the teams with good lines are winning. Looking at this team gives me 2013 Colts PTSD. Right, 
we just the fact that we drafted Philip Dorsett first overall in that draft was still ridiculous to me. And didn't I, I didn't know they drafted him line. first overall. That's insane. Well, not first overall, but in the sorry, in the first round, twenty six. Oh, okay. Pick. I was like, no way. The only reason Philip Dorsett has any value to me in my mind is because he got us Jacoby Brissett. That's it. That's the only reason <laughs> that was a good pick. Uh, oh boy. But the, here's the funny thing, though. Out of training camp. So they drafted three wide receivers, Andy Isabella, Keem Butler, and Keyshawn Johnson. Hakeem Butler's on IR. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson was actually the one who surprised the most. A lot of people were talking about him and the value he's going to make. Uh, so you got a wide receiver in the sixth round who's going to be your your best guy. Uh, Andy Isabella's not like not too shabby. I oh, yeah. Like no, no, no. Yeah, no, he's not bad at all. But I'm, I'm just saying it's a surprise that you know in the sixth round, you get your third wide receiver drafted as your best wide receiver out of the three. But uh, they're going to be scaling back Larry Fitzgerald as well. So that's true. Yeah, they 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 do need, they will need wide receivers. I don't know if this was the year to do it to get all three, but you can't, you know, you know. But all that work on the offensive line got them ranked thirtieth uh, by Pro Pro Football Focus. All right, uh, for that's this a, year. That's two so slots. <laughs> Kyler Murray, get ready Kyler to Murray's run. He's going to be running for his life. Yep. he's going to he's he's playing what we call uh, Russell Wilson football. That's right, which <laughs> is a mix of tag. And deep balls. <laughs> oh my goodness! In which you you run away and play hide and seek for as long as possible before throwing the ball and running out of bounds. Yeah, but I'm going to be honest. Kyler Murray is not a Russell Wilson, so nope. We'll see. And even Russell Wilson in the first few years of his career had one of the best defensive best defenses of all time. Uh, <laughs> but the Cardinals have a bottom five defense, so we'll see how this one turns out for him. Yeah. Um, Good gracious. I don't want to talk about the Cardinals anymore. Uh, well, moving on. Lucky you. We get to talk about Seattle. That's right. The Seattle Seahawks. Okay. So let's let's go ahead and run them by the numbers here. Uh, their passing offense was 27th in the league. Rushing was first. Points per game, sixth. Defensive points per game, 11th. And defensive yards, 16th. Uh, so in the offseason, they really did a good job of shoring up their defense. Their first three, three out of three out of their first four picks were defensive players. Um, they st- and they- Ziggy Anza and Genevian Clowney. That's true. They but they lost Frank Clark and Earl Thomas. Yeah, and okay, so we've talked about this before, and this oh is this goodness. is very interesting to both of us. Okay, so Frank Clark is maybe not the flashy player that Genevian Clowney is, but we both kind of agree that to an extent he's a better player, more complete player, right? And statistically, he is, and they're the same age. Yeah, they so they let Frank Clark walk in this offseason, uh, you know, because they didn't want to pay him. But they said, you know and what? And he's healthy. He's always healthy. It's true. Then they traded for a guy who, A, hasn't broken well, they, 10... No, no, John, they didn't let Frank Clark walk. They traded him for a first and a second. Oh, they did? Oh, they traded him. Okay, so they traded him away, right? Uh, and they got good value for him. Yeah, oh, oh no, be, definitely. I, I, I agree. Uh, but they got a guy, so they let him go, you know, got, got a first and second back. They let him go and... Added Jadavion Clowney, a guy who hasn't gotten 10 sacks in the year, has missed multiple games due to injury, and has benefited from having J.J. Watt on you know the other side of the ball. He should be blowing teams up. Yeah, the, the fact that he hasn't gotten 10... I mean, he's played in, I think, three or four full seasons, three, three healthy seasons, uh, and the fact that he hasn't gotten 10 sacks is just mind-blowing to me. Um, and a lot of people are saying that they, you know, they, they fleeced the Houston Texans and giving a third third round pick Barcavius Mingo and some other guy. I can't remember. I, I agree that guy was kind of a throwaway. But Mingo was a, a valuable depth piece of the team. I mean, he started 14 out of 16 games. Uh, he had, I think it was six six or seven sacks, something like that. And 
Here's the thing that's the most interesting is that Jadavion Clowney is going to be a free agent at the end of this year. So if the Seahawks don't prove that, you know, well, and they, they can't take, they, they won't, they're not going to sign him at this point. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're not signing him. So after this year, he's a free agent, right? And he's so, costing 16 million this year on his tag. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the Texans are, are paying part of that too. So luckily yeah. the, the Seahawks won't have to cover most of that, but if but they don't then, prove that he's a place, sign him. yeah. If they don't prove that they're a place that he wants to play, he can just leave, and then all of a sudden, a third round pick and two two backup defensive linemen look like a pretty good steal for a guy who plays a year, probably doesn't even get ten sacks and then leaves, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's... I think this. I think this is a trade that that got hyped up quite a bit, and rightfully so. It looks like a really good deal, but it could blow up on Seattle pretty quickly. And I feel like for the Texans, they did the best they could, right? Jadavian yeah. Clowney wasn't going to play this year, uh, and there was no point in, you know, they, they got the most that they could out of him and, you know, have to recoup their losses. But I will tell you one thing, you know, that you know that just frees up a roster or a, a more playing time for our man Charles Omenihue. Charles Omenihue, hey, shout out to Charles O. Actually, yes, shout out, shout out to Charles, made the Texans roster as fifth round, fifth round pick, and he is the top backup to J.J. Watt, which will be exciting to watch him play. Uh, we got we got two guys to watch now: a guy in Poland playing basketball, and a guy in the NFL playing defensive end for the Houston Texans. Um, okay, let's talk about the offensive side of the ball because we spent a lot of time talking about defense. Passing, they were 27th in the league in passing with 193.3 yards. Um, they were and, without Doug Baldwin for most of the year, who yeah. they no longer have at all. Yeah, he's gone completely. Um, okay, well, first off, who is Russell Wilson going to throw the ball to? Because right now he's living on a prayer. Right, he's got Tyler Lockett on his, you know, on his team still, thankfully. But without Tyler Lockett, I mean, you've got DK Metcalf, who, I mean, I think is a little bit overhyped. Uh, uh, at this point, he's died down. He's yeah, nobody he's, really is like oh DK Metcalf. Uh, but then, okay, let's go ahead and look here. Um, so their left starting left wide receiver is Malik Turner, um, an undrafted free agent from last oh. year. And then they're then they've got Gary Jennings, a wide receiver they drafted in the fourth round, and then John Ursua, a guy they drafted in the seventh round. DK Metcalf is towards the bottom of this of this depth chart. Yeah, and I mean I love Tyler Lockett, but he's not he's not a wide receiver one. Yeah, definitely, he's a phenomenal yeah. wide receiver two, mm-hmm. and a back end wide receiver one. And it doesn't get much better at the tight end position with Nick Vanette. Uh, catching passes, but the running game is good. I really like Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. I think they're a talented duo. Yeah, and the, the, they're going to run the ball a lot. Yeah, they're going to have to. And Russell and, Wilson's going to run the ball a lot. Yeah, and I mean the tough thing for the Seahawks is um, overall is just their schedule, right? Who who they're playing because they're already playing in one of the tougher divisions in the league with mm-hmm. the 49ers starting to grow a little bit. Um, but then you know you're, you're having to go play. They got Baltimore, Atlanta, Cleveland, Minnesota. I think. I think all those, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then New Orleans. Yeah, they're they're Billy. playing they're playing a lot of tough teams. Uh, and I mean, them going eight and eight, like I I can see it, you know. And maybe here's the thing: the Seahawks have the talent to beat most of the teams in the NFL, but it's more of a question of will they as opposed to can and they consistently can they? Yes, exactly. That's that's kind of the big issue with them, and it's kind of why I have them going eight and eight. But I guess I have more faith in them. Than All you right, do. Enough, enough Seattle. Yeah, time. I don't yeah, you know. Have, you have one more game faith in them than I do. Yeah. I do think Seattle will end up going 8 and 8. I just don't know where that win's going to be. Um, <laughs> the Niners, we both have it 9 and 7. 
there's been talk that I, I saw a tweet yesterday that Nick Mullins could take over for Jimmy Garoppolo if he struggles this season. They're really? very high on Nick Mullins. Really? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what that means. Okay, but, but also uh, I was talking with one of my friends who's a 49ers fan. And he was reading a report that Jimmy Garoppolo said he was taking more chances in preseason because the turnovers didn't matter as much. So his stats are, his completion percentage is poor, but that's just because he's taking more and more chances. Yeah, I mean, which, might as well. who, who cares? But it also seems like, it seems like a timely cop-out, right? You know, he struggles, yeah. he's like, oh, he's taking more risks. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah. I, I, I like the 49ers. I think they have a great front seven. Fantastic front oh, seven. I love DeForest Buckner. He he could be defensive player of the year. He yeah, well, he's got the talent for it. And Nick Bosa, uh, he's a top five pick for that. Yeah, Nick Bosa is also another great defensive end uh, for yeah. them. And they've got they're loaded at um, pass catchers. So they drafted Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd, who both showed out in preseason. They've got Dante I love Pettis. Dante Pettis. They've got uh, Marquise uh, Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin, and George Kittle. Right. And Kittle, baby. And then in the offseason, they got even better at the defensive on the defensive line, adding D Ford from the Chiefs. Uh, and they got Tevin Coleman. So they've got a three-headed monster right now of Jarrett McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, and Matt Breida. Who Matt Breida, I've gotten fantasy, and I've heard big things from him. Or I've heard, you know, people expecting big things, so I also am as well. Um, so yeah, they had a they had a middling offensive attack, fifteenth passing offense, thirteenth rushing defense, twenty first in points per game. And Pretty pretty solid in defensive uh, yards per game, 13th in the league. Mm-hmm. But they gave up a lot of points. They were 28th in the league in points given up. I think the Niners can improve in literally every single one of those categories this season. Um, yeah, well, and that's the thing, and, too. Like, with Nick Mullins, a guy who was thrust into the starting position after C.J. Beathard seemed just, you know, terrible, the worst, um, the fact that he was able to get them back up to average is good. You know, he's a rookie uh, or he was a rookie last year, was getting into a, a newer offense, and you know he proved his worth. Um, okay, why why do you not have the 49ers going to the playoffs? I mean, they've got Jimmy Garoppolo's coming back. You know, all these things we listed, they're a great team, but we both of us don't have them going to the playoffs. Why is that? I just looking at their schedule. It's not the easiest schedule. They have to play the Rams twice. Yeah, and I just I have trouble putting faith that all these pieces are gonna like all these gears are going to fit together properly, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, I think that there's a lot of things on like looking on the up for the Niners, but they're still a very young team. I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo that much. I mean, I just mentioned that he could lose his job to Nick Mullins. I don't, I never have really been a big Jimmy Garoppolo fan. And will he be healthy week four? Who knows? So I, I think that if everything goes well for the Niners, there's high expectations, but I think there's a lot of places that they could fall short. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the last team, uh, the team that we both predicted to be the number one seed in the playoffs this year uh, in the NFC, the Los Angeles Rams. So just looking at them by the numbers, offense was top five in everything, uh, fifth in passing, third in rushing, second in points per game. Uh, Defense allowed 24 points per game, and the defensive yards were 358.6, which is, you know, in top 20, so it's decent. Um, But their window's closing, I would say. I think um, that they're not... They're not going to be able to pay these guys for much longer. I mean, they just signed Jared Goff to a four-year extension, 32 mil a year. Um, Todd Gurley's getting up there in age. There's injury questions for him. Yeah, and they signed Blake Bortles, which obviously means that security at, at the backup quarterback position is is safe. You know, they're good there. Um, what do you think are the keys to success for the Rams this season? I think the most important thing in L.A. is maintaining momentum 
Um, coming off of last season, uh, they had a you know they had a tough loss in the Super Bowl, but they had a great season overall. The offense is phenomenal. I love the combination of Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Brandon Cooks um, for Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff's a pretty decent quarterback. Um, and Todd Gurley's a big question mark that I can't trust right now, but I think anybody can – I mean, C.J. Anderson proved that anybody can look good running in this offense because Todd Gurley faces, like, the least the least stacked boxes in the league, mm-hmm. like the least amount of eight-plus defenders in the box. And, and statistically, it's like an inverse relationship between stacked defenders in the box and yards per carry. So if Jared Goff can continue to open up the field uh, for this offense – the Rams are going to be fine, and I have them winning the Super Bowl. I think I think they're going to have a bounce back year in terms of playoff uh, performance. But they also they also I can see them struggling if they if they get behind by a few games in the regular season, end up like at a ten and six and having a disappointing season. So, and assigning Clay Matthews and Eric Weddle to try to shore up that defense, it adds depth. They added a ton of depth in the draft. Like pretty much everybody they have added is a backup now, mm-hmm. which and they had no first round pick. Taylor Rapp, I really liked in the second round. But, I mean, you look at their – they added uh, – I'm just going to go through where these guys are on the depth chart, depth chart at this point. Strong safety two, RB three, cornerback three, right tackle two, nose tackle two, left tackle two, free safety two, three. I mean, that's a ton of depth, but nothing's nothing's fantastic. But they didn't need that. They just needed depth. So, I think the defense will be fine. They'll, they'll be top half of the league um, as opposed to bottom third of the league as they were last year. All right, so here are the – over under win totals. So you've got the Cardinals, five and a half. Oh, five and a half is really good. I'm gonna go under. I think yeah, I'm gonna go under too. Seahawks, eight and a half. Under. Under, under, under. 49ers, eight. That's tough. Oh, eight's really good. I'm I gonna say, say over. over. Yeah, yeah, I can think I can see them winning nine or ten. And then Rams ten. Over. Over. Definitely. That's easy definitely, over. definitely. Okay, so moving on to the AFC. We've got the AFC North first up here. Oh boy! Um, all this of is our a fun division. all of our lists are the same. Uh, you've got the Cleveland Browns going eleven and five, winning the division. I have them going ten and six, winning the division. You have the Steelers going ten and six, not making the playoffs. I have the Steelers going ten and six and making the playoffs. You've got Ravens eight and eight. I've got them seven and nine. You've got Bengals four and twelve, and I've got them two and fourteen. Okay, so we've got Browns right off the bat, who probably had one of the busier off seasons, signing more uh, marquee names. But what do you like about the Browns so far this year? Here's the thing is like the Browns have a lot of hype surrounding them. And the problem is I believe the hype, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to buy the hype because I don't like Odell Beckham Jr. in any locker room, especially combined with Jarvis Landry. But I love Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, decent line. And the, the defense is monstrous. I mean, it's it's. People are over-hyping it. People are saying it's a top three defense. It's not that good, but Miles Garrett's a beast. And they're really deep in, in, in the secondary. They got a decent front seven. So I think the defense is is set to overperform. Um, not based on what people are thinking right now. I think I think they're going to be slightly under what... I mean, people are calling them the best defense in the league. Or, you know, people are ranking them up there with, you know, the Ravens defense. Even... even I think that I think they're a top six defense, maybe if they if they all you know work together well. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's going to be some breakdown in this locker room, especially if they lose a couple of games early. And I think that could that could provide not a challenge on the field, but some big off the field challenges 
that that translate on the field. Well, yeah, and and here's the thing. Uh, I know what you're saying about them being overhyped. I think it's it's due to them having a lot of playmakers on defense, so they're not necessarily, um, right? You know, they're not overhyped, but they're not like they're not consistent, but they're going to make a ton of plays. Yeah, they don't like they have a lot of those guys that are real flashy defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I don't think that they have a, like true solidity there. Uh, you know, as opposed to like a Ravens defense that's just solid and well coached. Okay, so last year Freddie Kitchens took over as interim head coach. Now is the the head coach. Baker Mayfield came through half, you know, part part of the way through the year, and they still managed a 14th ranked uh, pass and rush attack. So now that Freddie Kitchens has had a year to revamp the offense to work it around Baker Mayfield, what's the how high can this offense go? Like, it, what realistically do you rank them at? Um, I think this is like a second tier offense. I think this is an offense. I mean, I think they're comparable to the Cowboys offense in terms of um, the way that they're going to play. I, I think that they're going to they're going to really focus on Nick Chubb quite a bit because th- their defense is solid enough that they, they need to just be able to. Because here's the thing: if Nick Chubb can keep them their offense on the field for a long time, mm-hmm. a that's going to upgrade that defense, and b it's going to give Baker Mayfield more opportunities to make big plays. And that's where they're going to differ from like a Cowboys offense. But they're not going to be like a Chiefs offense, I don't think. That's you know throwing or Pittsburgh offense that's throwing the ball all the time. Yeah. I think they're going to be an offense that that focuses on the rushing attack and then allows the rushing attack to open things up for Baker because people aren't going to be able to stack the box on him. They got Odell and Jarvis Landry on the outside, mm-hmm. so I, I think if you if you if you start on the ground that lets Baker make his plays because I don't want the ball in Baker's hands too much. I think Baker's a huge playmaker, phenomenal playmaker. But I don't think he has a grasp of controlling the game still, in a sense, and you know, in a veteran quarterback sense. Yeah, well, and the tough thing too is they're very top heavy. So Jarvis Landry and Odell are the starting starting wide receivers, but then below them you've got Rashard Higgins, Damian Ratley. I mean, these are guys that you you really can't be you can't be relied upon too much, and they're going to get a lot less pressure on them due to you know the top two wide receivers that they've got. But what happens if they get injured? You know, so it's it's very it's it's a precarious situation because we don't know what's going to happen with those guys. Um, but I like where the Browns are headed, uh, and I'm excited for what they can do this year. And you know, I we'll see. They may show up in in our awards, um, and you know, when we talk about them. But one last thing here: uh, what effect will Kareem Hunt have on the team when he comes back week ten? I don't think I don't think Kareem Hunt comes back in a Browns uniform week ten. I think Ooh. either by that point. They cut him, or most likely, I think he gets traded to a team that that needs a running back later in the season. Somebody's going to go down, and Kareem Hunt's a nice. I mean, if he does come back, he's going to be a nice compliment to Nick Chubb. Um, I, but I, I think he'll get traded around week six. Interesting. Okay. All right. Next up, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, and they're they're on two ends of the spectrum here: passing offense, second in the league. Rushing offense, thirty-first in the league, and I thought this was very interesting because a lot of people are high on uh, on James Conner and what he was able to do, but they don't realize he tailed off a lot at the end of last year. And I hate to say it, but one of the reasons why the Steelers didn't make the playoffs is because they didn't have Le'Veon Bell, uh, which is very interesting because rushing is kind of the outlier here because they're sixth in defensive yards, sixteenth in point defensive points per game, sixth in points per game, and second in passing. But that 31st and rushing really hurt them. And 
I don't know. But I think that's I think a lot of that is how they're structured. Like they they build they build their team around the passing offense. Uh, uh, ben Roethlisberger threw for over five thousand yards last year, and they they want to throw the ball a lot. And so mm. that you know that's not James Conner not rushing for a ton of yards is a lot of the times just comes down to the the scenario of the game. And they they were often having to throw themselves back into games as well. They weren't they weren't dominant enough to run the ball later in the game, you know, run the game away. So I I, I really still like James Conner quite a bit. Uh, I do think that Le'Veon Bell probably would have gotten him into the playoffs because of his threat as a pass catcher. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, I think Pittsburgh has other problems that they're that they've had to deal with. Well, yeah, and I mean, here's the thing though it it, it you can't ignore the fact that he definitely. He definitely tailed off towards the end of the year, right? Uh, he started off very strong, you know, with that first game, and everyone kind of jumped, jumped to picking him up and and uh, um, putting, adding him on their fantasy team. And you know, he, oh, I loved him in fantasy. Yeah, and I mean, he's still a talented, he's still a talented guy, but I just, I don't know, because okay, so here looking at this, he, oh, since past week nine, after week nine, he didn't have a single um, hundred yard game, even though he had thirteen plus carries in. Uh, four out of the five games he played, right? Uh, and his averages started to, to fall. And, I mean, I agree with what you said. Part of it has to do with, with their passing offense and, and having to throw themselves out of games. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Le'Veon Bell would have been the difference maker for these guys this year. And maybe they don't have the chemistry issues because it's like the Browns. Look, if they win games, it doesn't matter. Winning, winning solves everything. Uh, winning solves everything but it'll be interesting to see i really like their draft taking devin bush i think he's I gonna be a strong strong piece of the team benny snell is a great um depth piece at running back uh, and they signed dante moncrief uh which i really like too but their losses are gonna be ta- hard to overcome uh losing levy on bell jesse james and antonio brown three key pieces to the offense uh and you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens but I don't know. You have them missing out on the playoffs. Is there a specific reason why you think they don't get into the playoffs? Um, it just came down to like I way overvalued the New York Jets, and so the Steelers didn't get in at ten and six. <laughs> oh man. Oh okay. Uh, we, we don't want to, we don't want to jump the gun here because I definitely have a lot to say uh, about you picking the Jets into the playoffs. But let's keep it moving here. Uh, Baltimore uh, Ravens uh, up next. I'm, we're we're yeah, both not like high on them. No. Uh, and I think it's because of the same reason. Uh, we don't really trust Lamar Jackson as nope. a quarterback. Um, look, there's a reason it works in college, right? You're going against subpar athletes, and so that RPO um, is most effective because your quarterback is the most athletic player on the field. But when you get to the NFL, these are top-tier athletes, right? So you can't be relying on the RPO. And you look at the, at the Chargers game in the playoffs. The Chargers had them figured out. That's the real reason they lost. Right, it's because they figured out how to stop Lamar Jackson, because he's not a threat. I mean, the the funniest part of the preseason was when uh, the the NFL Instagram showed a highlight of Lamar Jackson throwing a pass to a guy wide open twenty yards twenty yards down the field, which for any other quarterback is a throw you <laughs> need to make. But for him, it's like, oh, hang on here. Uh, but anyways, their defense is still very strong. Um, passing game twenty second in the league, rushing second points they were 13th and then their defense points per game was second and defensive yards was first um in the offseason they really doubled down on finding weapons for uh for lamar jackson drafting marquise brown miles boykin 
and Justice Hill. Uh, I really like back. Justice Hill. And then also signing Mark Ingram to shore up that run game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. And John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson say they're, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot more this year. But I don't know. They also lost a lot. Does that mean they're going to throw it 10 times instead of 9? Probably. I think that's what it means. <laughs> and they didn't define how far they were going to be throwing it. So it's still it's you know it's still five-yard checkdowns. Uh, to Mark Ingram. To Mark Ingram or, or Mark Andrews now. Uh, Nick Boyle, you know, the <laughs> I do ends. like Mark Andrews a lot. Mark you, Andrews is a phenomenal pick. If there are Baltimore Ravens tight ends still in free agency, uh, in, in fantasy, you should just go ahead and pick them up because they're going to get 95% of, of his targets. <laughs> uh, the other 5% will go to Mark Ingram though. Um, <laughs> defensively, they lost a lot. CJ Mosley's gone. Terrell Suggs, Zadarius Smith, Eric Weddle, um, are all gone now. Can, what, what do you think? How do you think the defense is going to perform this next year? I think this Baltimore defense is still super solid. I think they're going to have trouble because Lamar's not going to put him on the, you know, he's not going to keep him off the field as much as he did last season because they had such a dominant rushing offense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lamar is your RB1's not bad, but um, <laughs> Lamar is your QB1's a different story. So um, I think that they're going to be on the field a lot more, but I think that they're so well coached and they have a really cohesive defense. And, and, they, and the pieces they lost were, I mean, they were important pieces, but a lot of them, like, outside of C.J. Mosley, I don't really... I, I feel like C.J. Mosley is the most important piece they lost. Terrell yeah. Suggs aging. Uh, Sedarius Smith's a good player, but Eric Weddle aging. Like, I don't think they lost too much. And, um, they, you know, they they added some depth uh, with Jalen Ferguson at outside linebacker. Jalen Ferguson at outside linebacker, who I heard, actually heard a lot of heat around uh, at the beginning of training camp, but kind of fizzled out. And then, of course, Earl Thomas, who's... You know, if he's if he's healthy all season and can return to eighty percent of his original form as a top top five safety in the league, so I like this Baltimore team a lot. But I think that their offense is is going to disappoint quite a bit. And I, I and people are saying that Lamar Jack. I, did you see the Yahoo article? Lamar Jackson like takes over for Patrick Mahomes as fantasy's QB one. Like, oh, oh my goodness, wow! Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe uh, from a rush yards perspective, but there's only so much that you get. You know, there's only so many yards he can rush for. Listen, there's a lot of guys that I'd rather have than Lamar Jackson okay. in fantasy. All right. Now, this last one we don't need to spend a lot of time on because there's really not much to talk about. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals are up next. Oh. I have them as the worst team in the league. Um, and Do I have them as the worst team in the league? No, uh, I don't. You don't. Yeah, you've, you've got – I think the Lions, you have them worse. The Lions are worse. But let's just go ahead and look at their draft picks because, you know, they didn't play that well last year. They, they got a lot of, of picks. They got a lot of draft picks. And so now's the time to start shoring up their team, right? Uh, wrong. <laughs> so first overall pick is Jonah Williams. He's on the pup list, physically unable Oof. to perform. Their second pick is tight end Drew Sample, who is the third tight end on their depth chart right now. Um, <laughs> they got a backup linebacker, Jermaine Pratt, in the, the, the third round. And oh, but this one's good. The guy I think that should be starting, and I think will take over for Andy Dalton halfway through yes. the year, Ryan Finley at quarterback in the fourth round. Loved him in preseason. That's my hot. That's my second hot take there. So, I'm, I'm on. I'm on board with that one. Mark it down, okay? We've got two right here. One, if the Bucks sign or trade for Melvin Gordon, they will make the playoffs. Two, Ryan Finley will be quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals before the year is over. That one's, yeah. Uh, and then they sign. Here we go. This is where it starts to get better later rounds. They sign the only guy that could save their team, Michael Jordan. Well, not that Michael Jordan, but uh, a, a close second. Uh, left guard, their starting left guard, Michael Jordan, they drafted in the fourth round, and that's pretty much it. I know there was a lot of hype in Rodney Anderson. 
uh, until he unfortunately tore his ACL in a preseason game. Um, but here's the real story, guys. Damian Willis, an undrafted free agent, will start as the left wide receiver in week one since A.J. Green is still hurt. So Tyler Boyd is wide receiver one. Damian Willis is wide receiver two. If he shows out and has a really good game, I'm just saying. I, I picked him up in two of my fantasy leagues because uh, wow. I'm expecting big things and from him. And he's 1% owned, guys, so that's a steal right there. Look, I'm just saying, this, this, is a little in, this is a little inside scoop here. Uh, but anyways, offseason moves, nothing to write home about. Uh, nope. Signed B.W. Webb, cornerback, John Miller, Kerry Wynn, and then they lost Vontaze Perfect and Tyler Croft. Okay. All right, one last thing here before we move on. How many games can they win? Like, their ceiling, absolute ceiling. Six. Oh, I was going to say five. All right, let's go ahead and get into these uh, <laughs> over-unders here. So Bengals, five and a half. Under. Under. Easy. Extreme, uh, extremely. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, Ravens, eight and a half. Ooh, that's tough. Under. I'm going to go under as well. I don't like them. Steelers, nine and a half. Under. Over. Oh, I don't know. I feel like nine and a half is a little bit precarious. Actually, nine and a half is not bad, to be honest. Uh, Browns at nine. Over. Over. I think over as well. Okay, uh, but that might come back to bite us. Yeah, right. I think so. They're 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 a they're a home run pick. They might be catching home runs for us. The catching uh, home run for us. <laughs> that I think that'll pick up. That'll that'll catch on. All right, AFC East. Um, here's where things get wild. Uh, so <laughs> we both picked the New England Patriots to go 12 and four. That's not wild. Hayden has them uh, number one seed overall. I've got them number two. But here's where it gets crazy. He picked the New York Jets to go 11 and five and make the playoffs. Listen, so they're a game listen, out. Listen. They're a game out of winning the division. I have them going eight and eight. I think it's ridiculous. Listen, listen, listen. All right, let me break it down for you. Okay. Let me break down their schedule. I don't want to talk about their roster because it doesn't sound good. But here's their schedule. All right. Let, let's remember that Sam Darnold's a good quarterback. Here we go. Okay. Um, <laughs> are we supposed to? Okay. Oh, is that supposed to be in in mind? Are we supposed to know that ahead of time? Keep keep that in mind. Sam okay. Darnold's a good quarterback. Okay. All right. We got Buffalo. That's a dub. Carolina. Oh no no hang on hang on we we yeah no they they play they play Buffalo and then they play Baltimore sorry they don't play Carolina that's a little what happened I don't know I think it got flipped that's okay it got it got flipped so then they okay wait let me just go to their schedule I'll go I'll go to their schedule because it got flipped with another team oh wait no 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 you're you're good no they're right here okay so this is what yeah oh man all right restart all right let's look at their schedule so they play the Bills. That's 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 pretty nice. And then the Browns, that's not nice. And then the Patriots, that's not nice. And then the Eagles, that's not nice. And then the Cowboys, that's not where did I get it? Yeah, I don't know where you went. I don't oh, know where you went eleven and five. And then the Patriots, that's not but listen, then we got the Jags, Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, Ravens, Steelers, Bills. That's that's super easy to close the season out, but they're gonna start out. Okay, huh? so well first off, let's just cover the highlights here. So you've got them beating Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. You've got them splitting with the Patriots. You have them beating Jacksonville, uh, beating Baltimore. I mean, I think 11 wins just kind of snuck up on you, and you didn't really realize what you were doing it, until it, totally it was too late. It totally snuck up on me. I was like, oh, yeah, like they can upset that one. Oh, my goodness. And that one, and that one. That's the dangers of going of, – of starting at the top and working your way down. It just leaves you in a mess. Uh-huh. Anyways, Buffalo Bills 6-10. Uh, he's got him six and ten. I've got the Miami Dolphins four and twelve. He's got the Dolphins also four and twelve, and I have the Bills four and twelve. So let's go ahead and start at the top here with the Patriots. Um, most athletic team. Uh, reports are saying most athletic team that the Patriots have had in a long time. And that's, but I mean, like, 
anybody's more athletic than Adrian. Okay, well, no, but like they're they're more athletic as a team. Uh, no, I know, but isn't them adding like one guy could make them more athletic? Like they got rid of Chris Hogan, that makes them more athletic. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, they just they just cut out a, a bunch of a bunch of uh, of loose ends. They, they must just have cut not... a couple of white receivers, and they were good to go. Exactly. No, uh, Tom Brady was sick that day when they oh. when they counted up the. Uh, <laughs> The athletes on the team, so that's probably why. Um, that's passing eighth in the league, rushing fifth, points per game fourth, defensive points per game seventh, and defensive yards twenty first. Uh, their star pick, Nikhil Harry, first round overall, is on the IR, but they seem to have found something in Jacoby Myers, an undrafted wide receiver. They've got a ton of undrafted wide receivers. Uh, Damien Harris, surprise! For, I mean, come on. Yeah, that's true. Damien Harris, running back out of Alabama, should should make moves, and Chase Winovich too. Uh, who Tom I Brady, really like Chase Tom Brady seems to really like Chase Winovich too. Uh, you know, just seeing them go back and forth on social media this year. Um, additions, they added Michael Bennett, Jamie Collins. They lost Chris Hogan, Dwayne Allen, Trey Flowers, and Cordell Patterson. Uh, can they repeat? Is it possible for the New England Patriots to win another Super Bowl? Um, I can't say no. It's the New England Patriots. <laughs> yeah, if you want to be gotta- wrong. I'm kind of trapped. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They didn't really lose a ton, and they didn't gain a ton. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> I you can't write them off. But I never really loved the Patriots. I love, I do love Sony Michelle. Yeah. But. Well, they're and they're living proof that you don't have to pay your running backs a lot to be successful. I mean, they're fifth in the league, and and they're they're not spending a lot with running backs. I I don't believe. Um, but let's let's keep it rolling here to your playoff. New York Jets. John, uh, we skipped the NFC East. Did we? We didn't talk about Dallas. Oh, did we? Oh, shoot, we did. <laughs> I don't know how we skipped over them. Okay, uh, let's see. I'll just fix it later. So let's talk about them. Let's just finish up the AFC East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then um, I'll f- fix it. I don't even know how I can fix it, actually. I'm sure we can just do it and then slide it in there. Yeah, yeah. We should be like, hey, we forgot to do the Cowboys. So we had to, or we did, we had to do the NFC East, so we... Put them in right here. <laughs> oh, okay, sounds good. Uh, yeah, okay, so okay. Let's, let's keep going. So hang on. I'll, I'll, yeah, I wrote this down. I like writing it down a lot better because then I, can, I know when to, what to cut out instead of having to go through the whole thing. Okay, so let's go. Let's keep it going to your uh, playoff six seed, New York Jets. Uh, All right. Additions in the offseason, Le'Veon Bell, Ty Montgomery, Jameson Crowder, uh, T.J. Mosley. Those are some nice additions. I, I okay. do, yeah. And then draft picks, you've got uh, Quinnen Williams. Quinnen Williams. Who I really like. Really big on him. That's about it. Um, that's about <laughs> it, yeah. Their third-round pick got cut in Jashai Polite and had apparently $100,000 worth of fines in the four months he was with the team. Uh, kind of surprising, actually. But I agree with you to an extent. I think that Sam Darnold is ready to take a leap, especially with Jamison Crowder, Robbie Anderson, Le'Veon Bell. Guys like that, I think it's very possible. Eleven games, no, but nine, nine, nine sounds good, right? Maybe, yeah. I'm going eight and eight. Nine is not the question, but nine. Let's not, all right. Listen, they're go not going to be bottom third in the league again. Go ahead and uh, yeah, okay, but go ahead and, and and tell us why they're going to go eleven and five, make the playoffs. Okay, here's the thing. I don't think they're going to win eleven games, but looking game by game, I think they can win a lot of games. If this makes sense. I think Le'Veon Bell is going to perform very well. I think Sam Darnold is going to take the next step. He's a, I mean, he's a great pocket passer, mm-hmm. and and he's got weapons to throw to in in Robbie Anderson, and I really like Jameson Crowder now. 
Um, and Le'Veon Bell is a, is a, I mean, the perfect dump off. And then defensively, uh, I, I, I never thought this defense was that bad roster wise. Mm-hmm. And adding Quinton Williams, I think Quinton Williams is the best defensive player in this draft. So, and, and I really like him. I think he's a funny guy. So that's true. Um, and, and CJ Mosley's nice depth. Um, I think there's I think there's pieces here that can come together for the Jets. Do I think they'll win 11 games? No. Was <laughs> it fun to have the Jets winning 11 games? Absolutely. I would love to see the Jets win 11 games. There you go. And we've we've all got a hot take today. I've got two. You've got one so far. But I've got one more. Coming. We're not done. Yet. Oh, okay. All right. I'm not done. And they lost Josh McCown, so that's never bad. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, okay, let's <laughs> move on to the Bills here. Uh, let's see. Had a decent year last year. Josh Allen's an electric quarterback. That's why I drafted him in fantasy. Uh, I really like their draft. First three picks um, are going to be three starters, Ed Oliver, Cody Ford, and Devin Singletary. Um, They lost Charles Clay. They cut LaShawn McCoy. And they also signed a bunch of pass catchers, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Tyler Croft, and then also Frank Gore, who will be a nice compliment to Devin Singletary. Um, They could be another sleeper team. I mean, the AFC, they they, are a huge sleeper team. They could surprise. I really like their offense. I think their defense... I mean, their defense isn't bad. If you look at it, they were 17th in points per game, but second in defensive yards allowed, which shows signs of improvement there. I mean, there's there's a lot. There's a big gap. I uh, mean, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I think the Bills are easily a top seven defense. Top seven? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I could see that. They're, uh, they're, they're, they've always been deep and well-coached. Ed Oliver is a really great piece. They don't allow a lot of yards. They just give up too many points, but a lot of that's due to you know offensive struggles and josh allen running the ball as much as he does plus i really like devin singletary they're not going to be on the field that much so i think this defense is poised to make a break yeah and then here's the other thing is um is that they're not like they're not they're not far out of it right they're not far from being in contention because you look at that game last year when they played the vikings and just demolished them on every angle like that's what the bills can be this year and so, I mean, time will tell. We'll see what happens. But let's keep it rolling. Uh, go on to the Miami Dolphins, who now only have about 12 players left on their roster and 80 picks. <laughs> so they're really hoping for 2020. Um, yeah, notable things this offseason. They added two quarterbacks, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh Rosen, signed tight end uh, Dwayne Allen. They let Ryan Tannehill go, let Frank Gore go, Danny Amendola, Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn. They signed... Uh, Kenny Stills, or no, they traded Kenny Stills and they traded Laramie Tunzel. They got a very huge package back for them. I'm really hyped about that. Um, and then they've got two undrafted free agents marked at starting position. So Christian Ledbetter will start at defensive end and Dion Clay, Clay, Clauhoon, Clayhoon will start at right guard for them. Uh, their draft was okay. They, they, they got have a, a ton of starters in this draft. Yeah, but that maybe that isn't a good thing, right? Like <laughs> it, it could be, it's, it's good for the draft, bad for the team. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, the draft means Christian they, Wilkins is good. Yeah, I like Christian Wilkins. Michael Michael Dieter, he'll start at left guard. Isaiah Prince will start at right tackle. But here's the thing: four of their four of their starters here have come came in the sixth round or later, which is not a good thing. Um, and the team just keeps getting worse and worse as they're letting guys go. Running backs are tough between Drake and Balage. I don't like either of them that much. Yeah, I I don't know. And okay, here's the let's just. I don't know. They're not a good team, so we don't really need to spend a lot of time on them. But one final thing here. Uh, did they win or lose the Texans trade, or is it too early to tell? The Tunsil one? Yeah. 
see. Here's the thing. Was Tom still going to resign with them? I don't think so. So I think they won. But at the same time, literally the team is threatening to revolt because they're so upset about it. So <laughs> I don't think it's good for the locker room or the morale of the team mm-hmm. this year. But, you know, in the long run, I do love Tunsil. But at the same time, if he wasn't going to come back, like get your value while you can because he's worth a lot. Yeah, well, and I, I think they got a fantastic value for him. Um, and if it doesn't work out for the Texans and Tunsil, and Tunsil walks next year, it's going to be a bad look for the Texans, I think. You know, losing losing Clowney, not being able to get that deal done, and then giving up a ton of money for Tunzel for him to only stay a year two. Um, okay, guys, we we are going to take a break here. Uh, we're going to come right back, and we're actually going to cover the NFC East because we missed it. But <laughs> we will be right back with some more football stuff. All right, next up we have the NFC East. Going a little bit out of order here, but that's A-OK. Uh, for me, I've got the Cowboys winning the division at 11 and five. The Eagles making the playoffs at 11 and five. Uh, the Redskins going five and 11, and the Giants going four and 12. Hayden has the Cowboys winning the division at 10 and six. The Eagles making the playoffs at 10 and six. The Redskins going four and 12, and the Giants going three and 13. So let's go ahead and start from the beginning here, uh, or from the bottom here. Actually, we'll shake it up again. Uh, do you think Daniel Jones plays this year? Is it is there a realistic chance that Eli Manning does get benched and they say, you know what, we don't want to, but we kind of have to. I I don't I think they're gonna try to avoid that at all costs. I think they wanna they wanna, you know, so many times in this league it works out very well when a quarterback just sits and watches his team play like trash for a year and then comes in as a sophomore and, you know, essentially has a, a, a soft like a red shirt rookie season. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what they're gonna try to do with them, and I don't think the Giants would be fighting for anything. So they might mess with him a little bit late in the season just to, just to kind of give him a piece of, of NFL play. But at the same time, I think that I, I, if I'm the Giants, I, I want to avoid it at all costs. What sucks, too, is that they're – I mean, Saquon Barkley's talent is kind of going to waste in this offense. And, he, you know, he's such a talented back. And I think he will pair well with Daniel Jones. But I think they're going to avoid Daniel Jones if they can. I would. Okay, so uh, in 1984 – James Wilder, a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has the record for most touches in a season with 492. Is there a chance that Saquon Barkley breaks 500 touches on the season? No, I don't think there is because the offense doesn't have the ball enough. That I makes sense. I don't, <laughs> I don't think there's enough opportunity. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's going to get 90% of the touches, if, and that still won't be enough. If you go three and out every time, you only get nine touches in like a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that depends on how long the offense, uh, the other offense stays out in the field too. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, this draft, they had three picks in the first round. All three, well, Daniel minus Jan, Daniel Jones will be starters. They took Dexter Lawrence, DeAndre Baker. Um, you know, they got some good depth pieces here. As far as additions go, they, they signed Golden Tate, traded for Jabril Peppers and Kevin Zietler. But they lost Odell Beckham, Olivier Vernon, and Landon Collins. Which That's a be, lot to yeah, lose. Not a big return for, for all the guys they lost. And they already weren't a great defense. Losing Olivier Vernon and Landon Collins is not going to help. I mean, Dexter Lawrence is nice, and DeAndre Baker's a good corner, but this team's going to have trouble. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, it's going to be really hard to for them to win games. Uh, but let's keep it going to another team that's going to struggle to win games, the Washington Redskins. Uh, and their their troubles are a little bit different. I think they have a lot of talent on the team. But they just can't stay healthy, and that starts with the training staff. I mean, you you have to at some point just get rid of them, right? So uh, here's the question: Is Dwayne Haskins going to take over in Washington? Oh, I, I think, think so. Yeah. I I don't think. I mean, look, Eli Manning's been with the team 
16 years, whatever it is, uh, Case Keenum hasn't been with the team 16 weeks, right? I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think that Dwayne Haskins will start by probably week six or seven unless Colt McCoy is healthy. Because if he heals yeah. up, then Colt McCoy will start, and I don't think that they're going to let Dwayne Haskins touch the touch the field um, in his first year, another situation there. But I really like the Redskins draft. They got Dwayne Haskins, who I thought was a steal at 15. Drafted Montez Sweat, a guy I'm big on. Terry McLaren's going to start for them at a wide receiver. Bryce Love out of Stanford's really good. He won't be playing this year. Um, and then, yeah, they got a lot of depth pieces down. They added Case Keenum, Landon Collins, Dominique rogers Camardi, which... If we turn back the clock 10 years, that's a fantastic free agent signing. But now, I honestly didn't know he still played football. Um, they lost Jameson Crowder, uh, Clinton Dix, and Zach Brown. I don't know. The Redskins, there's a lot of... They're resting their hope on Darius Geis. And how much how much impact can Darius Geis have this season, do you think? It's tough. Because when is a, when is a running back in the league ever... I was just talking. I was just talking to a friend about this. When does a running back in the league ever miss their rookie season with an ACL injury or or any ACL Achilles, anything like that, and then come back and been a dominant rusher? Yeah, that's usually true. it does not bode well for your NFL career. I think Adrian Peterson is going to carry a, a significant portion of the load, especially to start the season. Um, but I, I like Geis a lot as a runner. He looked really good coming out of college. I think I think there's a lot of promise there for him. But it's like. Is his health going to let him, you know, play at 100 percent and and be dominant? I don't know. Yeah, and 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 you know what they say, uh, John Wooden, legendary UCLA coach. Potential just means you haven't done it yet, and we're waiting. <laughs> we're waiting for for him to do it. I'm excited. I've got him in fantasy, so I want him to do well. Uh, I've got Adrian Peterson fantasy, so I hope he does bad. <laughs> oh man. Well, it looks like we're going to be at odds for that one. But let's keep it moving. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I really like their draft. I mean, looking at these top three picks they had here, Andre Dillard, who I've been high Andre on Dillard. out of Andre Washington Dillard. State, my my favorite offensive tackle, Miles, Miles Sanders, Sanders, who could take over a big chunk. I mean, unless, of course, the Eagles trade for Melvin Gordon. Uh, and then J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who's going to be uh, the backup wide receiver, but could have a big role with the team. So in the offseason, they re-signed Deshaun Jackson. He's coming back. Uh, they signed Jordan Howard and Malik Jackson. But they lost Nick Foles, Jay Ajayi, Golden Tate, Michael Bennett, and Chris Long, which That's a lot. is a tough pill to swallow. I think the talent is still there. Um, but the main question, all of it's going to be riding on, can Carson Wentz stay healthy? And I don't know, Hayden, can he stay healthy? Uh, I mean, he he's had troubles. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, can he stay healthy? Because it doesn't seem like he's a fragile guy. Yeah. But he's had this injury. I mean, ACL is nothing you want to mess with. And... People are really high on the Eagles, and, and people are high on Wentz as, you know, and having an MVP caliber season again. And I just, I mean, it's not be, it's not just because I'm an Eagles hater. I, I am absolutely an Eagles hater. But I, I'm really high on a lot of pieces on this team, like Miles Sanders. But I'm like, this passing offense, it, people say it's so loaded, but outside of Zach Ertz, like, you know, who are you throwing the ball to? Like Alshon? Yeah. Like well, he's kind of washed up. Yeah, Alshon and, and Deshaun Jackson are good or another one of those, you know, 10 years ago type of guys. Yeah, like, yeah, in, in 2013, that would have been really exciting. But now it's like, you know, how much can you really trust that? I mean, I love Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is phenomenal. Their offensive line is one of the best in the league. The defense is good. I don't think it's as good as some people think. And Carson Wentz is a, you know, he's a, a you know, a second-tier quarterback, which is, you know, excellent. Yeah. I just, I don't think that the Eagles are this 12, 11, 12, game winning team that everybody thinks they are and i don't i think they're gonna have trouble in the playoffs too so 
I think I I don't I just don't think Carson Wentz is a winner in the same way that Nick Foles was, and that's the biggest thing that you look for in a quarterback is can they can they just win football games? Yeah, that's true. All right, moving on here, uh, we've got your Dallas Cowboys and oh, some very boy. exciting news. Ezekiel Elliott has signed, which is actually really funny because two days ago you texted me said Zeke signing for five years, ninety million, and then today the alert came out is five years, ninety million. So I mean, do you have an inside it's source? Six or, or oh, sorry, six, sorry, six years, six, ninety million, fifteen million. Year, do, yeah. do you have an inside source or how? You know, how did you come Dude, about I that just, information? I, listen, I I just I just read a lot of Cowboys news constantly, and I have Ezekiel Elliott on two fantasy teams, so like I care twice as much, which. Twice of a hundred is two hundred percent. That's true. That um, that's good math right there. Um, <laughs> so I I mean I I was just really invested in the situation um, from multiple standpoints, and and I, I was pretty sure that Jerry was going to get the deal done. I was pretty sure it sounded like they wanted him for six years, and I said six years. All right, they're going to give him ninety mil, but here's what they're going to do. The way this contract, I'm pretty sure, is going to be structured is it's going to be front loaded, which is what you want to do with running backs. I mean, can Zeke play another eight years? We haven't locked up for eight more years. Yeah, no, can he I play don't, eight more years? I don't know about Pro- that. What? I mean, to keep to keep the same value for eight years. I think he could play for eight years, but he's not going to be. But anyways, no, yeah, he's not going to keep that value. And so the way they, they're going to structure this contract, the Cowboys love to structure contracts for restructure, restructuring. <laughs> he's got fifty million guaranteed. Um, and it's super front-loaded, and then it mm-hmm. tails off pretty heavily towards the end of the contract. So, I, I mean, I don't. I some people think it's crazy to pay a running back fifteen million a year, but I think of all the running backs you can think of right now, the ones that I would pay fifteen million a year are Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, and Christian McCaffrey, and that's it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Maybe I wouldn't Kamara. pay Kamara fifteen million a year, but I would. I would pay those three that, and because they're just so such a focal point of the offense. Yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah. So I'm I'm just gonna sit back here. You keep going. Tell me, give me the Cowboys breakdown. I'm not gonna say a word. This is this is all okay. You. This all is, right. This well, is if you look time. at the offseason, Dallas did not lose a ton. You know, the the most notable loss of the offseason was was Cole Beasley. But you look at adding Randall Cobb. Robert Quinn's gonna start out the season suspended. Randall Cobb's nice depth. Tavon Austin's gonna be healthy this year as well. Um, Jason Witten's back. Georgia Loca is not on the team anymore. They added him, and then you know he's been cut since cuts were made. Um, but the draft went, in my opinion, very well. No first-round pick. So the Cowboys go Tristan Hill in the second round, who's going to be starting um, at defensive tackle. He's The dude's massive. If you've seen any pictures of him, he's, he's like a big boy. He's, he's over 300 pounds. Um, Connor McGovern is a great pick who's got injured, going to have to sit back here. But that's okay. The Cowboys just locked up Lyle Collins to a long-term contract. The whole offensive line's locked up for four-plus years. Tony Pollard, you know, if he was going to have to start, I was pretty comfortable with it. I was not too worried about Tony Pollard starting. As a backup to Zeke, he looks really good. He's a pass catcher in college, um, but proved that he could also he can also run the ball as, as more of a bell cow runner in preseason. Um, Michael Jackson, the corner that, that that ended up making the practice squad, but his teammate uh, at, at Miami, Joe Jackson, is really nice. The defensive end depth on this team is insane. They've got Kerry uh, Hyder, Joe Jackson, and then they've got on the front end, you know, your Demarcus Lawrence, Robert Quinn suspended. Um, just a ton, of, like Taco Charlton, tons of pieces, uh, Malik Collins, tons of pieces on this front seven that are really nice. Secondary is going to be weak. You're going to have trouble with Jeff Heath starting. Um, but then again, Donovan Wilson really showed out in the preseason. I think he's going to end up splitting snaps at safety by the end of the season. So there's the whole rundown. There we go. We, we've got we've got it all. We've got everything. Uh, much better than I could have delivered. So I'm man, glad that was that you, a hot rundown. Yeah, Woo! that was that's so much information in like 45 seconds. You just turn it back on like half speed. And listen to it, and then you'll be able to catch what he said. Um, okay, so we've got over/under win totals here, finishing up here at the NFC. Uh, Giants six under. 
Uh, under, yeah. <laughs> Redskins six and a half. Uh, I'm gonna go under, under. too. Yeah. This is surprising. Eagles ten and a half. I'm gonna go under. under. That's high. That's very high. Uh, Cowboys nine. Over. Oh, over. But I'm a hesitant over. Yeah, I I, I like nine. I no, think. but I can't say under. There's no way Dallas only wins eight. So overs, yeah. No, overs not bad. All right, moving on here. We're back in the AFC. Uh, in the AFC South here. Oh so, boy, AFC South. Oh, well, how convenient. Yeah, the honestly, way we, the way we, the way we put it together, it's almost <laughs> like we planned it. Uh, we've okay. got the same list here. It's true. Yeah, we've got so we've got the same order of teams, top to bottom. So Texans, we both have Texans going ten and six, winning the division. He has the Colts going eight and eight. I've got him going nine and seven. He has the Titans going five and eleven. I'm going seven and nine. Uh, and he's got the Jaguars going three and thirteen. And I've got them going six and ten. Which I is, shouldn't have been so mean to the Jags. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a lot more optimistic about the competitiveness of this division. But, uh, all right, let's go ahead and start. I guess let's just start from the, bow, the bottom, I guess. So we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Struggled a lot last year. Their defense was very good, top five in both points per, defensive points per game and defensive yards. Uh, and they doubled down drafting Josh Allen, who I absolutely love. Uh, he's going to have so much you know he's gonna be able to learn so much behind the the defensive ends they've got now we just love josh allen we do we really do either one no matter which one it is offense or defense uh <laughs> but this past year they added nick Fultz Jawan taylor what a chris conley too. oh Jawan taylor and my man gardner Minshew at six who is the backup quarterback to nick Foles. uh but anyways in the, in the offseason they added nick Foles, added chris conley they lost blake bortles which is kind of like a, a win you know <laughs> they lost Dante Moncrief, TJ Yeldon, Carlos Hyde, and Malik Jackson. So the Jaguars, you obviously don't have them doing too well. Um, I don't think they're going to do that bad. Do you not have faith in in uh, or like what 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 was your reasoning for three and thirteen? Was it just kind I, of circumstance? I don't, I, Nick Nick Foles is a playoff quarterback. I don't know how well he can do over a sixteen game stretch. And and just the offense, D.D. Westbrook, I love, but at the same time. They're, they don't have a great receiving core, no tight end in sight, and I don't trust Leonard Fournette to stay healthy or even just like have consistent numbers. So the offense is really the question mark for me. Yeah, I'm not big on Leonard Fournette either. And like you said, I, I'm with you there. I don't think the defense is, or I don't think the offense can be trusted, but I feel like the defense is good enough to keep them competitive. I mean, the top five defense on uh, an average offense I think puts them at six and ten, maybe even higher. They could do a lot better, and I mean Vegas has them pretty high, but uh, yeah, no, that's that'll be a big question mark for them. Next up, we have the Tennessee Titans, who uh, you also aren't that big on either. Uh, no, and this one's easier to not be big on. Uh, yeah. So, do you want to go ahead and kind of give your breakdown on the on the Titans? And uh, yeah, they have no quarterback, John. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean they they signed Ryan Tannehill in the offseason? They did sign Ryan Tannehill, and I think there's a chance Ryan Tannehill takes over. That's not a joke. Okay. I, I okay. Do not like Marcus Mariota. I love Delaney Walker. Corey Davis has always had potential, which is not doing anything. But I think he's had trouble with quarterback play. Um, I, I I like Derrick Henry, but he's he's super inconsistent. So. And the defense is nothing to write home about. So, I mean, really, is there is there anything special here besides Derrick Henry's talent one every three games? Yeah, that, that's true. I, I think they do have a very talented combo uh, in Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. But oh, yeah. when they're, like, when like they're the hot, they're talent. hot. But they also have a ton of wide receivers this year, but not a lot of them are good, honestly. They, so they drafted <laughs> A.J. Brown. They signed Adam Humphreys. They have Corey Davis, um, who's iffy. And just looking at this list here, they lost Brian Arakpo, Derek Morgan. That's, they didn't lose anything. Yeah, they 
they had a really solid defense, uh, third in defensive points per game and eighth in defensive yards. Yeah, I don't which know, is really surprising because I, I don't, don't know, think there's that much talent. Yeah, there. I don't know where it came from. Uh, their number one pick, Jeffrey Simmons, won't be playing this year. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of with you. I'm I'm really down on the Titans, but Mario, this is Mariota's year. If he's going to do it, it's now because he really has to step up. Yeah, but he's um, not going to do it. He's that, not going so. to, and <laughs> they may they may draft another quarterback. They could try and, you know, they may move on from him and look for something in 2020. All right, next All up, right, we, we, we've I'm got gonna, the no, Colts. No, no, I'm going to do you a favor here. Okay. No, we're doing the Texans next. We're going to close with the Colts. Okay, we'll close. Yeah, we'll, we'll, do the, <laughs> we'll do the finisher on them. Okay, so Texans, um, fantastic team. Another team that struggled with offensive line play. They won the division last year. Um, they got leapfrogged in the draft for Andre Dillard and had to settle with Titus Howard, who was he's not Andre Dillard. He's no Andre Dillard, I'll tell you that. Uh, but he's going to be their starting left guard for the year. Um, just looking at who they added, A.J. McCarron, Matt Khalil, Bradley Roby, Kenny Stills, Larry Tunzel. So basically Larry Tunzel. Yep, pretty much. Uh, and they lost to Davian Clowney, Alfred Blue, Demarius Thomas, and Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew's a big loss that we forget about. Yeah, it's, it's true. Uh, he makes a lot of plays and he's definitely underrated. Like people don't consider him to be the same safety that he was before. Uh, but we, yeah, we talked about the trades. I think the Texans, Texans have potential to have lost both. Um, but they could win. If Jadavian Clowney leaves Seattle after that year, I think they win the trade. And if they can't get Laramie Tunzel to a deal, here's the thing. I was listening to stick to football, the, the podcast, um, and they were saying that Laramie Tunzel has so much leverage now, right? Because they didn't agree on a deal beforehand, he could go in there and say, I want you to pay me $30 million a year. And what are they going to do? They can't be like, oh, no, we'll just let you walk because that is out the window now. The fact that they gave up that much for him. Yeah, they're, they're kind of cornered. Because I'm going to be honest, they didn't give it that up for Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills is not that top value talent. <laughs> he was uh, going to get cut. Yeah, he was, he was going to get cut. Um, but going down their, their draft, nothing super crazy. I mean, they, they got Charles Amenehu, who, like we said, is going to be backing up J.J. Watt. Um, but just a lot of depth pieces here. But they don't need a lot to win in the AFC South this year, I don't think. The team they had before, as long as they can keep Deshaun Watson upright, they'll win games and they'll win the AFC South. And then oh, there the, was one. The Indianapolis Colts. All right, hang on just a second. <laughs> Yeah, that doing? was our that was our five seconds of silence for um, Andrew Luck uh, leaving the Colts. Oh, oh. <laughs> Excuse me if I get emotional here. It's kind of you know it's still it's still raw for me. Um, here we can break down I, the team stats. Um, I actually broke the news to John. Um, he did. I was I was hiking for a couple of weeks and I got service for like ten minutes. And when I got service, I immediately got a notification that Andrew Luck has retired from the NFL. And so I called John. And I had no yeah. idea. It, the alert hadn't come through to me. It came through. He after. literally sounded like the way he was behaving. He didn't. He was in disbelief, and it sounded as if his grandmother had died. It. it it's I, honestly that's. No, I don't want to. No, it's not the same. I'm not going to say that. No, no, no. That, that's not. That's not the hot take I'm making. Grandma, I love you. Both grandmas, I love you. And that's nothing compared to that. But it was a hard. It was a hard loss. Um, I mean, offensively, sixth in the passing game, twentieth rushing. Uh, and fifth in points per game, but obviously that's all uh, eradicated now. But here's what I want to talk about. Our defense, 10th in defensive points per game, 11th in defensive yards, right? Andrew Luck doesn't play defense. So we're, we're okay. We're good defensively. That's, that's true. Andrew Luck does not play defense. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the draft, I really like 
you know, even if I didn't know any of these players, I trust Chris Ballard completely to find uh, I like stars. Rocky Sin has been making a lot of moves. He'll start at Nickelback this year. Uh, Paris Campbell is going to be a key key slot threat for us this year. Uh, Bobby Okariki, they're saying, is the second coming of, of Darius Leonard. Uh, and they'll be paired together, which will be nice. Um, EJ Speed made a lot of moves in preseason. Uh, in the in the offseason, we don't make a lot of moves. Uh, we signed Devin Funches, Justin Houston to prove it deals. Uh, you know, we, we, we got Brian Hoyer out of necessity, but our main loss was Andrew Luck. Um, well, no, and you extended Jacoby Brissett. Oh, well, yes, we did extend Jacoby Brissett as well, which I think is an absolute steal. You look at it, average quarterbacks in the league right now, like Jared Goff, are getting $32 million a year. The fact that we locked him up for 15 this may be a hot take, but I think there's a similar, like, you put Jacoby Brissett in the right play style, he can put up numbers similar to Jared Goff. You give him the same listen, weapons. Listen, here's my hot take. Okay. Jacoby Brissett's better than Kyler Murray. That is a hot take, it and it didn't come from me. There it is. So Watch, you know it's Jacoby not biased. Brissett's going to have a Dak Prescott-like season. He's going to look like Dak Prescott, sound like Dak Prescott. He, he behaves like Dak Prescott. And and Dak Prescott is better than Kyler Murray. I mean, he so. he's I mean I'm already a fan of him because I'm a fan of the Colts. But when he said that he negotiated his own uh, contract on his own, I was like, oh, you you know you gotta like that guy because he was talking <laughs> he was talking about it and they asked him, you know, you probably left a lot of money on the table and he's like, look, money's not gonna change me. I I was who I was before I got it and I'm gonna be the same as you know that I am now that I have it. Um, which is awesome. I'm I'm a big Jacoby Brissett fan, and I don't see any reason why the Colts can't stay can't keep a top ten offense, right? You got a lot of pieces across the board, the best tight end combo in the league, and I think that's unbiased. Um, Marlon, no, I think they're the best tight end combo in the league. Yeah, M- Marlon Mack had 200 rush yards, or with the, well, he had 150. The Colts had 200 total in the playoff game against Houston. Naheem but Hines your was, fantasy your fantasy tip here, Hines is the guy to have. Yes, Hines. Okay, so. Last in 2017, when Jacoby Brissett played, obviously a much worse team than what we have now. Uh, he completed, he had a 70% completion percentage to running backs. He had a 50% to everyone else. So Nikim Hines is going to get the, um, you know, he's going to get the beneficiary after effects, I guess, of Andrew Luck's retirement if there are benefits to it. Um, and even if you think the Colts are going to be bad, that just means that uh, that they're going to defenses are going to be stacking the box more, which means that. Marlon Mack will struggle more, which means we'll lose, be losing games and going to have to pass. And who's catching passes? Naheem Hines. Uh, so I really like where the Colts are at this year. Um, I think they're still undervalued um, a lot, and I think they'll they'll turn some heads. But let's uh, let's move on because I'm you know I'm, I'm it's just starting to sound like a Colts podcast now, and we you know we want to yes. say we want to keep it we want to spread it all around. But all right, so we've got over under for the for the for the teams here. Colts seven and a half. Oh, I'll take the over because I, I think I'll they can win eight or nine games. It's not gonna be it's not gonna be six. It's gonna be seven or eight. So, uh, Texans eight and a half over. Over. And then Jags and Titans are both at eight, and I feel like we're both taking under. the under on that one. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So we've got one final division here. We've got the AFC West, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I've got them going thirteen and three, winning the taking the number one seed, winning the division. You've got them going twelve and four, winning division. Chargers, you've also got going twelve and four, making the playoffs. I've got them going eleven and five, and then um, you've got Raiders six and ten. I've got Raiders five and eleven, and then we both have Broncos five and eleven. So let's go ahead and, and just run through here uh, with what we've got. Let's go bottom to top here. Denver, Joe Flacco is the quarterback in Denver, especially now that Drew Locke has been injured. Um, can Joe Flacco reclaim that elite status 
uh, no. with the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyways, yeah. So, just kidding. That was a joke. I don't really have a lot of hope for Joe Flacco what he's <laughs> able to do. Um, they've got Emmanuel Sanders, who is a great pick. Uh, Noah Fant was their number one draft pick. He's going to be tied in like two him. for them. I think he's really good too. Dalton Risner is their starting left guard, another rookie they picked up. Uh, in free agency, they well they traded away Case Keenum, which I thought was their best move. Uh, they lost their center Matt Paredes uh, to the Jets, who or no to the to the Panthers, excuse me. And he's a really yeah. talented guy. They're going to miss him he a is. lot. Uh, they added Kareem Jackson and Bryce Callahan. Um, I don't really see. This is just going to be another average season for them. They could win six or seven games, but I can't see anything above anything above that. I think that's their no, ceiling right I re- now. No, I do really like like I really like Dalton Rins- Risner. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that he was a steal in the second round. He's a first round talent, and I think Drew Locke was a good pick in the second round too. Rest in peace, Drew Locke for a year. But yeah, well, no, they just said six to eight weeks, so he could be coming back. He's come. He can he come back after six. He oh, could. I he was done for. I thought he was done for all six. They said John Elway oh. said six to eight, so we've got okay. Potential. Well, that's optimistic. John Elway also loves Drew Locke more than he loves his own children. But that's true. I mean, if if you're tall and you play quarterback. You probably get to play for the Broncos. Drew Locke, the Broncos. Peyton Manning. Yeah. yeah, if you're tall, if you're a tall white quarterback that that isn't phenomenal, perfect. Yep, that's it. That's that's the stuff. Okay, let's keep moving. <laughs> uh, we've got the Oakland Raiders here, and the Oakland Raiders arguably had the busiest, well, the busiest past year, I would say, trading away Mari Cooper, trading away Khalil Mack. They got a lot of. <laughs> you picks. mean the worst past year? Well, I, look, we it's too early to judge. We you know no, we got <laughs> we 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 got to see what happens still, um, but. So I'd rather the, have Amari Cooper than Antonio Brown right now. So really hot? T- uh, no, yeah. actually, I agree. That's not a hot take. I agree. Uh, good guy in the locker done. room. Yeah. Cheaper. Okay, so here ball. we go. So here are their additions, and granted, three of them are quarterbacks: Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, Mike Lennon, Nathan Peterman, Sean Kaiser, and Lamarcus Joyner. So Deshaun Kaiser said that he is a better player than Patrick Mahomes, and I thought that was just hilarious. Uh, He's, he said, he's like, I may not be able to throw the ball further. He can throw it 80 yards. I can only throw it 72 or something like that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm a better player. And I was like, well. You know who else can throw the ball 72 yards? Muhammad Sanu. That's true. That's true. And <laughs> no one is arguing for him as QB1 in the league. Um, but in losses, they lost A.J. McCarron, Marshawn Lynch, Jordy Nelson, Jared Cook. Um, and then in the draft, they were very active. I mean, they had three first-round picks. So they took Cleland Farrell. Uh, Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Josh Abram, Jacobs. guys that probably all will have an impact this season. Uh, Trayvon Mullen as well, and let's not forget Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, fit. yes, he will be the third or fourth wide receiver on the depth chart this year. Uh, I'm excited for him, uh, and you know we'll see what happens. They have a lot of talent here, but there's also a lot of of egos, right? And so we'll see what happens with the Raiders. I don't I don't see them winning many games, but they could surprise us. They really could. Uh, let's keep it going here. Los Angeles Chargers, they 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 did all right for themselves. They didn't make a lot of noise, but they didn't necessarily they have didn't to. They didn't need to. They, they had a good team. Um, so in the draft, they took Jerry Tillery, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, let's see. Easton Stick, he could be proved to be a this lot year, of value. Adderley, I was high on. I'm not as high on him anymore. But Yeah, well, they got a lot of good depth picks. I think that was the main thing. And you know, now that Derwin James is out and Melvin Gordon, they're going to be relying on some of those backup guys. Um, Tyrell Austin Williams, Eckler though, or Justin Jackson, who's the guy to have? I don't know. I think Justin Jackson is has more big play potential, but Austin Eckler is 
going to be getting the workload. You know, he's going to be getting yeah, good 65, 70%, but Justin Jackson will get those big plays here or there, which gives him a lot of value. But Jerry Tillery, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of depth there. They added Tyrod Taylor, added Thomas Davis, um, who I like. Uh, they lost Geno Smith and Tyrell Williams, who I think is going to be a big loss for them. Tyrell Williams is a big boy. When he played, he was huge value for them, and the, the Raiders got a really good, really good player out of that. But um, you know who else is really good is Mike Williams. That's true. He's, they've got he's a lot a of Williams. They've got a lot of Williams on the team. Uh, yeah, they so they, they honestly may have not even known that Tyrell was gone just because they're you – know. <laughs> They were like, oh, shoot, we meant to trade my – Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they mix it up. It's one of those um, – didn't that happen in the NBA last year? Someone – like they, they yeah, messed they up thought, on... no they thought they were getting somebody but it was the wrong last name yeah I yeah who it was. yeah that's right um okay but so... this is the the right team in la i think that the chargers have a chance to outperform the rams i think so too uh okay so moving on here final team here we've got the kansas city chiefs uh, oh boy they're gonna score a lot of points that's for sure really yeah. it's a hot take yeah i i know i know uh they're not gonna win the super bowl no, they – well, maybe. We'll see. That's that's my take. But so Okay, so additions, uh, Bashad Breeland, Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, and Morris Claiborne. So really trying to focus on cornerbacks. Uh, the, in the draft, they took McCole Hardman, Darwin Thompson, uh, Rashad Hardman's Fenton. Hardman's been really, really hyped up too. Yeah, Hardman could make some noise. He's very similar to Tyreek Hill. I think those three – so they have Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, and Mikko Hardman all posted sub 4-4 times at the 40. So they're wow. they're fast. I mean, that's that's not a hot take. They're fast guys. Um, but Rashad Fenton, six-round pick, is actually going to be the starting cornerback uh, for the team. They they traded away D. Ford to the Chargers, or not to the Chargers, to the 49ers, uh, and also lost but, Carlos Hyde. Um, they've got a lot of talent. Frank Clark, we'll see how he does. I mean, he's going to prove You it. have LaShawn McCoy under losses. LaShawn oh, yeah, McCoy oops. Is no, a, 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 an addition. Big addition. So they added LaShawn McCoy, which unfortunately for Darwin Thompson moves him down the depth chart, but makes that Chiefs offense more more special, more effective. Uh, passing offense, Clark. third in the league, points per game first. The defense, defensive yards was 31st, defensive points per game is 24th. So oh, that's what I'm saying. The Bucks can follow this game plan because they made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. And the Bucks make the playoffs, that's a successful season. But um, it's clear that Kansas City's trying to shore up that defense. Oh, no, they, they are. Can. Yeah, they're, they're, making, they're making moves to do that. Um, okay, give me one reason why the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and one reason why they don't. Uh, one reason why the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, Patty Mahomes. One okay. reason why the Chiefs don't make the Super Bowl, Patty Mahomes. <laughs> nice. Patty Mahomes, he could he could regress. I could see it happening. Not not significantly. He'll still be an elite quarterback, but I could see him, you know, lose. I mean, he's not going to he's not going to do better in any statistical category except for maybe completion percentage. Yeah. There's okay. a take. Okay. Well, hey, there you go. Uh, all right, so let's get into the playoffs here. Um, so as far as seeding goes, you've got Rams one, Saints two, Bears three, Cowboys four, Falcons five, Eagles six in the NFC. And then in the AFC, you've got Patriots one, Chiefs two, uh, Browns three, Texans four, Chargers five, and Jets six. And then I've got Rams, Bears, Saints, Cowboys, Eagles, Vikings, and Chiefs, Patriots, Browns, Texans, Chargers, Steelers. Okay. There's a lot going on there, but anyways, uh, we won't bore you with the details. If you want to see what happens, um, you, you can check out the article I posted on the website, knuckleipod.com. But in our Super Bowl, you've got the Rams beating the Chargers 30-21, to 21, and I've got the Bears beating the Chiefs 31-27. to 27. So any thoughts you want to say on your Super Bowl picks? I wanted the Chargers to win the Super Bowl, but 
the Rams were just a safer pick. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, for me, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's all. It, that's all it takes. For me, I think Mitch Trubisky is going to take steps this year. David Montgomery is going to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, the defense is going to be fantastic, and they're they're going to outscore the Chiefs. Uh, and that's that's pretty much it here. But all right, we're finishing up here. We are almost done. But man, oh man, we're we're in we're approaching two hours on this episode. Oh my goodness. Uh, okay, so as we finish up here. Let's go through our awards. So I'll start. Uh, another hot take. My MVP for the season is Baker Mayfield. I think uh, with the offensive output that he has with that offensive-friendly offense. Wow, well, offensive-friendly offense. Offensive-friendly offense. He has quarterback with offense. quarterback-friendly offense that he has with Freddie Kitchens. He's going to throw for 4,500 4, yards plus. Uh, I could see th- 40 touchdowns. Uh, maybe he'll add some stuff on the ground here. But anyways, your MVP is? Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Like, Original, nice. I think I, I I could listen. I'm looking around and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. It's true. Yeah, I, I honestly had to take the hot take because if it's not Mahomes, I don't know who it's going to be. I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> right? But I I think Baker Mayfield is the closest thing to a two option we've got. Um. Okay. So offensive player of the year, I took Saquon Barkley. I think he's going to get a lot of touches, a lot of receptions, a lot of carries. Um. And you know he's going to do well with that. Yeah. And you've For got the same it. reason, yeah. I took Ezekiel Elliott, but the reason that I think Zeke gets it is because his team wins more games. Oh, I mean, that's that's not a hot take at all. There, I definitely think the Cowboys are going to win more than the Giants. <laughs> uh, defensive Player of the Year, we both have the same, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. I think he could get twenty sacks this year. I think it's very possible. Uh, you know, the more weapons they have on that defensive side, the easier it makes it for him. Uh, and obviously, they're going to win games. So we've got that going. I'm gonna keep it. With the Bears for Offensive Rookie of the Year, I mentioned it before, David Montgomery. I think he's going to be RB1 by the end of the year, and he's going to be a top 10 running back in the league. Wow. Because I think I think he'll have the same impact that Saquon did to a lesser scale because he'll have more opportunity to shine with more weapons on that offense um, because he may be the main pass catcher and the main running back for the team. Uh, your Offensive Rookie of the Year is Miles Sanders out of the Eagles. Yeah, I've got Miles Sanders. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the Eagles have a phenomenal offensive line. I don't love their weapons um, in the receiving core, and and Miles Sanders has proven to be a decent pass catcher, a nice runner, and behind him is Jordan Howard, who I'm not high on whatsoever anymore. And I think the Eagles are going to win a lot of games. So for a similar reason to Ezekiel Elliott, Miles Sanders felt like a really nice pick. I mean, if Melvin Gordon goes there, we may have to switch it up because I don't know if he'll have oh, yeah. the same impact. But defense rookie of the year, we both have Quinnen Williams. Love love his talent, love his presence off the field. Just an all-around fantastic guy. Um, I, I feel like this was an easy pick. I think he's going to wreak havoc for the Jets. And probably one of the reasons you've got him going 11-5. and five. Yeah, Quentin Williams is going to win four games for him. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. There we go. That's another hot take. Quentin Williams that will win the Jets four games. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, all right, comeback player of the year. I've got Jimmy Garoppolo. I know you're not hiring him, but I think they've got enough, enough weapons uh, surrounding him that he'll be successful. And maybe he was serious. Maybe he was just taking risky throws, and he's not actually a bad quarterback. Um, but yeah, go ahead. You hope. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I'm putting putting in. Putting I've got on. Cooper Cup. Um, I, I I loved Cooper Cup in his rookie year. I loved watching him in college. Um, I think he's. I think he could have a like. He could lead the league of receptions, and that wouldn't blow me away. Um, I mean, he's he's in a really nice offense, and he's a really reliable option for Jared Goff and. Yeah, a comeback player of the year is usually a little bit of a low-radar thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think Cooper Cup could fly under the radar and post some really nice, consistent numbers. 
All right, and he had then, a loaded offense. Yeah, and the last the last one we've got, um, coach of the year. I took Sean McVay. I think the Saints or the the Rams are going to get the number one seed. Uh, you know, win a, bun- a bunch of games, and that's going to be enough because Sean McVay is a genius. Um, he's basically taking a college concept where you find a quarterback and play to his strengths in offense, and it's working, right? There, you've got Jared Goff looking like a $32 million a year quarterback, uh, which I'm not saying he's not, but I'm not saying he is. Uh, so I think Sean McVay will win it this year um, as the Rams have a ton of regular season success. And I have Freddie Kitchens Oh, because... Yeah, you like that one? I do, I do. Because, uh, you know, he, he was an interim head coach last year, took over for the job, and so that's a nice little piece of the story. And then if the Browns can perform as well as I think they can and win the division, then, you know, even though there's a lot of weapons there, it's still a lot to get all those weapons to come together and be successful. And so I think that would speak a lot to his coaching ability. Yeah, okay. All right, we are just shy of two hours. I mean, the longest episode on the podcast by double probably i would say <laughs> like this is the march close. madness one was pretty long yeah that's true the march madness one was long uh thanks guys for listening uh, i mean I'll, I'll be marking it in um on the episodes you can see if you want to go back and see um your your division you want to hear us talk about your your team uh whatever it'll all be there you can check out the full list of breakdowns all of our picks all that stuff on the website knockonlinepod.com uh yeah, and check back next week for more episodes because next week will be the first week of NFL action. So no more hypotheticals oh boy, here. Am I we are all in and just reacting to the games and scores from around the league. So we will catch you guys next week.